I know you. You're that no-good son-of-a-gun going around besmirching the good name of classic American westerns. You and your city slicker claims like they were made in Italy, and Rango is the best western. What the fuck is even a Rango? <laughs> Disgusting. Ain't no room here in our fine settlement of John Clintown. This town ain't big enough for the both of us. And I'm gonna give you 24 hours to get out. If I see you in my subscriptions by this time tomorrow, it's you or me. Isaac, we live two time zones apart, and we're doing a movie podcast. Oh. Howdy, folks. This is The Good Speaking. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure to like and subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, and TikTok. Enjoy the gold. All right. We rolling? We rolling. We rolling. All right. All right. So, what are we talking about this week? Oh, yeah. We're talking about uh, two kind of... Uh, I mean, they're in the same genre, but uh, pretty vastly different, I would say. You know, we got the good, the bad, and the uh, the ugly, of course. Great film. Um, and then what what were you watching? I had a rather mediocre one called Massacre <laughs> at the Grand Canyon. I looked uh, on, on IMDb at all the Spaghetti Westerns, and I looked for the lowest-reviewed one. And this nice. was the lowest-reviewed one, but it was still like a like a 5 or a 5.5 out of 10. So Oof. there wasn't really like a like a bad mainstream spaghetti western the old pasta oh, yeah, shooters yeah that's that's true uh it was like yeah the worst reviews i saw about this one are that it was just like very cliche and a uh, little bland yeah yeah for sure yeah definitely saw some of the reviews definitely said it was like lackluster and stuff it was, it's definitely yeah. uh yeah interesting it was yeah. like, all right which one are we talking about first i'll flip Whatever's yeah, around it. me, I'll flip this cell phone. Flip the cell face phone. Up okay. or face I, down? You know what? Yeah, I'll uh, I'll I'll, uh, I'll choose the FaceTime. Uh, All right, face up. face up for for the good. good. All right, here we go. Please don't crack me. <laughs> All right, <laughs> it's face down. So face down. All looks right. Looks like bad news first. Bad as news uh, first. as all twenty twenty goes. All bad right. Bad news first. So massacre, sense. massacre at the Grand Canyon. What do you know about it? Uh, well, I I kind of glanced through last night a little bit. Um, kind of, yeah, yeah. Uh, isn't it about like a kind of a dude who comes back to his town and there's like a whole bunch of land disputes and and things going on? Um, uh, yeah. So it's about a land dispute. Yeah. It says it's based on a historical event. I was looking at it, and I guess the real one <laughs> was much more interesting than this oh fun yeah okay yeah uh it was basically like the same premise though uh it was directed uh, by sergio corbucci corbuki Cor- oh interesting Bucci. sergio Bucci. oh okay yeah yeah so uh that's uh, kind of funny because my my the director for good the bad and the ugly is also named sergio so interesting <laughs> we got the wrong yeah. sergios <laughs> the wrong sergio yeah although he uh i was looking at some interviews with him and he says that he's like, I don't know why I'm credited with this film. Uh, I only directed like 
two seeds. <laughs> Oof. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if they just wanted to like slap so, like, his name on it so it could yeah, be a little more popular. Yeah, it totally sounds like a like a present day like corporate meddling. Like totally. Like, kind <laughs> of, yeah. Yeah. And from what I was looking at, there was quite a bit of that. Um, the producer, his name is Albert Band. According mm. to uh, the like interviews about it, uh, he was sort of running the show there. He wrote the screenplay, he produced it, and he was like, I guess, directed most of it, according to Corbucci at least. But he was, uh, as the critics say, or what they called him, they said back in the day, he was a man of many truths. <laughs> ah. So from what that sounds like was uh, he just liked to fuck with people. <laughs> and he just That's never really that. told two interviewers the same thing. So like, <laughs> wow. the process behind this movie is a little weird. Yeah, but some a, things we know is that Albert is, Band was just like basically running the show. Sergio kind of didn't really do very much. He like choreographed some fight scenes, and that's about it. Interesting. And there's okay. uh, this is and quite I guess a I don't know if it was <laughs> Corbucci or Band who wanted to switch out the main characters, <laughs> uh, like a yeah. third of the way through. Oh really? But oh, there's like a did. little change in. Oh, okay, that's interesting. Yeah. So the two leads, the hero and the villain, uh, James Mitchum stars as Wes Evans. He's a man recently back from a two-year manhunt for his father's killers. And George Artisan uh, plays Tully Dancer. He's one of the he's the son of one of the people in the land dispute, mm. and he totally cucked Wes Evans nice. while he was gone uh, on his two-year killing spree. Uh, some context. I'll just jump into the synopsis of the movie okay. here. Some context. Uh, <laughs> so I guess this band of bandits killed uh, Wes Evans' father, who was the sheriff of this uh, little town in, uh, like around the Grand Canyon. Mm-hmm. And so he, he decided to go out and just kill them all, like Taken style. So he's basically like old Wes John Wick, and he just got back from doing that. That's what the movie opens with. All right. And uh, Tully Dancer is in a his father is in a dispute with Harley Whitmore over some land. It's like sort of the dancers versus the Whitmores mm-hmm. for this uh, piece of land called the Redgrass. And while the judge ruled that it was Whitmore's land, the dancers are like basically the Wild West Lannisters, and they just have a stupid amount of money, and uh-huh. so they've been paying off like bandits and shit, and they're just like they've been fucking with them. And there's yeah, nice. there's a lot of bloodshed. And Tully Dancer, the uh, the son of Eric Dancer, the guy with all the money, he uh, he just married Wes Evans' fiance. So he had a fiance before he left, and she thought he died because um, uh, the USPS at the time is even worse than it is now. Uh, they're even they're they have even less funding. Yeah, right. so she wasn't getting his letters, oh, okay. so she thought he died. Her name is Nancy, so she just oh. married Tully Dancer. Nice, kind of pulling The Walking Dead. Season one. Yeah. Kind of like bit. that. Yeah. Um, but yes. So the first scene, the first thing you notice about this movie is that it was, it's run, it runs on jump cuts. There's just, it's just jump cuts galore <laughs> in this movie. The very first scene is like maybe a two second shot of a cabin and then just a jump cut to, uh, to a landscape shot of Mitchum's character, Wes Evans, just riding up on a horse. All right. Uh, something else you oh, notice yeah. is that 
Yeah, I think the I soundtrack is start at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you saw it's that beginning. Totally jarring. It's like it's like it what's happening. Jar- there are so many cuts. There's like no... that. almost every yeah. scene change is like it, just... it lingers for a little too long, and you think they're gonna do something, and then someone starts to move, and it just jumps to the next yeah. shot, and it has like some like weird music intros and all that. So yeah, very first thing you notice is like just weird ass jump cuts all the time, and the guy who made the score, um, Gianni Ferio, the composer, is pretty like jovial soundtrack. It kind of reminds me of uh, of what they do at like the Wonder Woman or the Aquaman movies nowadays. Oh yeah, where they'll just they'll just take any excuse to shove that riff in there. <laughs> okay, so nice. it's like some fun. Uh, nice. You think it's going to be a fun movie? I mean, what what would you expect? I wouldn't oh, yeah. expect anything less than a fun, oh, jovial definitely. time. Yeah, on a movie called Massacre at the Grand Canyon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, Complete massacre. Oh wow. Yeah, I I you know I totally think romp. of heroics and you know <laughs> definitely yeah with that title <laughs> yeah. the grand canyon you know it's a great great it's historical grand... site you know it's yeah, it's the, people grand, love canyon. the grand canyon <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a great tourist attraction what would what could go wrong you know it's yeah it's great so it's this nice pleasant soundtrack we see evans he's riding up and then it cuts to him riding up to a cabin but like it's cut like different like it's at a different angle <laughs> so it oh, looks no. like a different cabin <laughs> than the one i just showed <laughs> And there's two guys there. They're brothers. One's like cutting wood, and one's just he's just vibing out in the house. Uh, and Mitchum, you can tell the little tug of war between Corbucci and Band for like direction and the fact that one of them tried to like bench him, because uh, he just he doesn't give a fuck this entire time. He has the same deadpan face from scene one to scene <laughs> the end of the movie. Nice. No matter how high the stakes get, he just, yeah, he looks dead. High quality acting. <laughs> He's yeah. just like probably a mannequin at that point. <laughs> yeah, for real. Uh, but James Mitchum is the son of a legendary actor from the 40s, Robert Mitchum. Oh. Yeah, Robert was a, he was a big, really big name actor. And at first he, he was kind of like the, uh, he was kind of like the James Dean of like the 30s and 40s. Like he had kind of that everyman vibe. Uh, he just oh, okay. yeah. He was always described as like fit, but laid back, and he kind of had like sad, droopy eyes. Um, and James Mitchum, he looks exactly like him. Oh, really? He's yeah. a spitting image. So they're like, oh wow, he's a star. He's a, he's a star. He's got yeah. He's gonna yeah, be a star. It looks like yeah. he's got uh, got a lot of shoes to fill. It seems in this movie. Yeah. And does he, does. he fill them? <laughs> oh, he does. Fill Fuck them? <laughs> no, no, he doesn't. He doesn't. Give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. While uh, while Robert really worked it, and Robert Mitchum, uh, from what I was looking at, he acted in more like film noir movies. Um. Yeah, he played like the villain a lot, and he just yeah. Um. So it's really like kind of dark movies, and I guess they thought this uh, dark western, which for some reason had this like Aquaman western soundtrack, uh, was a good fit for him. But he doesn't give a shit. He's just got like the Maisie Williams bug eyes just walking around. <laughs> <laughs> he's, yeah. Wow. Okay. So he saunters in, just deadpan on these two guys. He's like, oh, can I have a cup of water? And yeah, so they let him in. And let me tell you exactly how every scene in this movie goes. They All walk right. in. They have like the most awkward greeting you can imagine. They <laughs> spout some exposition. And then a fight breaks out of nowhere. Amazing. There's not, yeah, it's not like uh, Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, where in that final yeah. fight scene, there was like a good just two minutes of tension. 
when yeah, yeah when there's a yeah. fight, it's just it just starts. It just it just, it just happens. Yeah, there's no no motivation. Nothing. Just there's yeah. You know, so yeah, it's, he walks it's the old in. west. You know, of course, you just you know fight. You know, randomly. That's just how it they goes. just yeah, just random fighting. So I, I suppose it's yeah. historically accurate. <laughs> I suppose it's yeah, <laughs> of course. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, he walks in. The guy gives him a glass of water because he says he's thirsty. And they start talking, and it, and uh, Wes Evans, he just starts name dropping him. He's like, "I know you." He's like, "You're that guy's brother." And the dude in the cabin, he's like, "I don't know you. Who are you?" He's like, "You know, uh, you know my dad, Sheriff Evans." He's like, "Nope, never heard of him." <laughs> he's like, "Oh, that's funny. You shot him in the back two years ago, and then just fightsy." Nice. They don't even have a moment where they're like staring at each other. <laughs> staring at each other, yeah. like. You know, realizing you know the the reality yeah. of the situation here with the stakes. <laughs> like, there's no like you know hand on the gun or anything like that. Just get straight just, to the point. <laughs> yeah, Evans is just like he's like leaning on a table and he's like talking to the guy. He's like, "Oh, you shot my dad in the back two years ago." Out of just pure reflex, this guy's everyone in this movie's John Wick because they all just have insane <laughs> reflexes. They're all just on sight. No one hesitates. I'm surprised anyone's alive. Wow. I can see why it's called Massacre of the Grand Canyon. Massacre of the Grand Canyon. It's a very yeah, shoot first, ask questions later community <laughs> yeah. that they live in. Here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's he just kicks the table out that he's leaning on, and they have like a awkward little fist fight. Um, <laughs> Wes shoots him. His brother hears it, and he starts running away. And then he runs Thanks. outside, and he chases him down. And then here comes that Aquaman rift <laughs> <laughs> with like the the fun fucking like Teletubbies ass music that starts playing as he chases oh, him down yeah. on his horse and just guns him down in a field and then he wow, just amazing. he just looks at him and then he walks away nice wow and I have written down here the most awkward walk I've ever seen <laughs> he kind of walks like Tyrion Lannister in this okay that's, that's like his gunslinger walk Nice. Okay. So that's like, like his cool walk away from the from the two bad guys. Like a like a stick up his ass and waddle. kind of yeah. Okay. He kind of like waddles. It looks like okay. he's doing the, like the high noon, like when they walk up with the hands all out and the knees all wide. It's yeah. like that. But that's just he just does that like wherever he goes. Nice. So how how are the cool. sound effects? Like how are the punches and stuff? Is it, is it pretty what? good sound effects or? Uh, they're like, pretty good. The, pretty... uh, the production quality was. It was pretty good, actually. From what I was reading, it was okay. like for all the interior sets they used, they were all um, they were all new. They were all brand new. I think they made them, they made them for another movie, and they're just oh, like, okay. mm, we're here. So they <laughs> sure. Used, yeah, and they filmed yeah. in uh in Croatia. It looks like so. It was a lot. It wasn't like other westerns where it's like just you know desert. There was a lot of grass. Um, going to a forest a little bit. Um. The canyon was pretty dynamic. There's a lot of like verticality to that. A lot of like the fights take place in the canyon. Okay. And it's not the actual Grand Canyon. Uh, you can tell it's just yeah. not. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> but, probably not. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I think like the ending scene that I'm assuming that took place in the canyon, I was like, that's that's not the Grand yeah. Canyon. That's, that's definitely not deep enough. It's definitely not, <laughs> it's not deep it's enough. It's not even like the correct like landmass. <laughs> Like structure. Yeah. Anyway. No, it's not like the same shape. It's like a big hill. It's like a big yeah. rocky hill. You're right, yeah. <laughs> Pretty much is. Yeah. Yeah. But um yeah, so the production quality actually wasn't it wasn't too bad. I liked it. There were okay. brings me That's to a few bad. things I liked about the movie, which were um the landscape shots were really good. Mm. Um awkward music and everything, even if it was like the cuts to them were super weird. 
Um, there were some really good ones. Uh, a lot of slow pans that were nice, mm. where you just like take the whole thing in, and you see the characters like right up from a distance. Yeah, that's kind of nice. Um, they did some fun stuff with the lighting. I like it looked like natural lighting for the most part. Sometimes you could tell they were like set lights. Um, mm. And sometimes you could tell they needed set lights. Like there's this one scene uh, towards the end of the film where he's like rounding up some gang members and they're uh, they're like hanging out by a campfire. And for some reason, the director, whatever mystery director directed that scene, maybe it was Sergio Corbucci. Maybe it was Albert Band. Who knows? (laughs) Who knows? He had him posed like, like too far away from the fire for them to be seen. So it shows them like sitting around the fire, but you just see like their feet in the flames and they're just like in darkness the rest of the time. Oh, that's not confusing at all. (laughs) Yeah. And some of the, um, some of the cinematography was pretty good. Uh, there were some good entrances. If Mitchum like gave a shit about the character, (laughs) maybe, uh, they would come across a little better, but Enzo Barboni did the cinematography. He was a picture director of photography for this movie. Um, and he did pretty good. There were some cool ones during like shootouts where it like slow panned across and it would like cut to character's face. Um, there's like mm-hmm. this really good entrance one in scene three mm-hmm. where he, um, I'm sorry, scene six ish. Yeah. Like after he goes into town where, uh, Wes returns to his home. It's just kind of like a shitty cabin, mm-hmm. but, um, it's all dark and you see him kind of light it up as he goes, as he reenters. Yeah, but <laughs> anyway, on with the the rest of the film. Those were the, those were like the only things I liked. There's like some good some good choices highlights. by Barboni, um, and there were some <laughs> yeah, good Barboni. performances. But I'll get to I'll get to those. Nice. So yeah, okay. so he just walks away. Um, standard jump cut, <laughs> as as should happen. Standard cut to uh, as expected. Yeah, so it looks like he's making his way home now. He kills the guy, he awkwardly walks to his horse, and he's like, all right, we can go home now. So next scene, he's on his way home. Uh, he passes by Butte Canyon, and there's like a, a bunch of gang. You recognize them as like uh, the Mansons. So the Mansons are some brothers. They're like some outlaws. There's, I believe, three or four of them, and they like sort of run a gang. And he sees like their gang sort of like posting up in this canyon outside of town. He's like, oh, that's weird. And one of them goes up to him, and he's like... It's literally like a Skyrim mugging. Where you're just, he's just like forced into the text box. He's like, stop right there. Nice. You'll have to pay the road fee. Or the, yeah, basically some shit like that. Uh-huh. Uh, one of them has his gun drawn on him. And again, they're just talking. And then he goes straight to just running him over with his horse. Amazing. Just like no hesitation. He's like, I'm going to need you to put your hands up and come. And then he just kicks him in the head and like runs him over with his horse and runs away. Jump cut to scene nice. three. As you do, just like mid-fight scenes, got the fun music, jump cut, just oh, random. Yeah. He's in town now. So this is his okay. hometown. So so he's been gone for like two years. God, he goes and he meets so, up like, with... Uh... Totally confuse me. <laughs> he what? Oh, yeah, this this movie would like totally confuse me. Like, first yeah, it just <laughs> like jumps around everywhere. I don't know whose side who is on. Um, the concept is cool, like the land dispute. It was... Uh, mm-hmm. That was a lot of people's favorite parts about it that... Um, that it wasn't just like yeah. cowboys versus Indians. Um, oh, for sure, yes. Yeah. Total, you know, juicy politics. You know, between the it few was kind of like juicy frontier politics. There were like yeah. 
there were a few good people on either side. Um, you, like, you could tell who the bad guys were. The gang, yep. for sure, and most of the dancers were, like, the bad guys. But there yeah. were a few dancers who were, they were all right. There was actually, it was just one. There was one dancer. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, all right. Yeah, but it was nice. The concept was a little better execution. I think it would have been really good. Um, mm-hmm. Again, it's not, like, a bad movie. It's just, like, not the best yeah. executed Western. Was there, was there any, like, uh, remakes for this movie or anything? A I remake too. If it was if it was like remade now, maybe maybe would you know touch up on some of those stuff. Yeah, maybe but a I, remake. I mean, some like yeah. like a Coen Brothers direction where it's just yeah just dark as hell. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah, a dark one like that. Uh, it wasn't remade. It was re-released. So this movie was filmed in oh, 1963. Released. It was released okay. in 1964 to um, kind of poor reception, but then they released it again in 1965 after A Fistful of Dollars came out. And uh, everyone liked westerns. Okay. Yeah. So Fistful of Dollars came out. Everyone's like, "Wow, westerns are cool as cool as hell." And they're like, yeah. hmm, "People like westerns now." So they just re-released the movie. <laughs> they once again they pulled a Skyrim years ago, <laughs> yeah. and they just re-released it. Yeah, they just <laughs> massacred Here's the Grand Canyon. Remastered version. <laughs> remastered, and it remastered. was remastered. <laughs> it actually was remastered and re-released in 2017. <laughs> okay. So this movie's been released three times. <laughs> wow. Wow, it was it was it like originally in like black and white, and then they did like their whole Technicolor stuff. Or, um, from what I saw, it was uh, it was color to begin with. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. But uh, yeah, so it was re-released three t- three times. <laughs> three times, <laughs> as you do. <laughs> of course, of course. Um, wow. Yeah, but it did receive much better reception in '65 when it was re-released, as opposed to back in '64 when nobody cared mm-hmm. about westerns apparently yeah and then 2017 so around like 2022 we could expect um master of the grand canyon on oh, your uh, sure. on your samsung fridge <laughs> on your switch oh, yeah. master at the grand canyon vr oh for sure yeah maybe a video game you know adaptation yeah master at the grand to, canyon to keep up with like the red Dead reloaded and stuff yeah reloaded. <laughs> yeah totally <laughs> revolutions yeah <laughs> Um, so yeah, he comes into town, he meets up with uh, his friend, who is the new sheriff, and the judge. And the judge is a total pussy. The judge ruled, he was talking about, you know, this big land dispute, it's like tearing up the town. It's Harley Whitmore versus Eric Dancer over a place called Redgrass. And he meets up with a friend, kind of on his way over there, has an awkward conversation with him. He literally walks out to it, and I guess his friend, his name is Fred, he lost his leg during one of the battles during this land dispute, and he buried it with <laughs> with all the soldiers who died at the battle, too, just, like, on his farm. Oh, nice. And that's, like, the first thing he says after two years of not seeing Evans. He's like, <laughs> Evans literally walks up, he's like, what's up, Fred? <laughs> Fred's like, what's up, Evans? <laughs> my leg's buried over there. <laughs> and then jump cut to the next scene. <laughs> Oh my god, no way. Uh, yeah, wow. I had written down here, scene three, Mitchum is literally about to fall asleep. He's so he's talking to the sheriff and the judge about this land dispute, and he's like, just deadpan the entire movie. He's like, oh yeah, I saw I saw the old Manson gang posted up uh, outside your town. Everyone's probably going to die, by the way. And the judge is like, please come back and be sheriff. And he's saying this like in front of his friend, who is the current sheriff. His friend is uh, is Sheriff Bert. Bert, like Cooley, I believe his name wow. is. 
and he's played yeah. by uh, Giacomo Rossi Stewart, is uh, Sheriff Burt Kuby. <laughs> and you can see in his face, he gives a pretty good performance. He like looks up at the judges and with the like the bruh face. Oh yeah, <laughs> like what? <laughs> and I think with like, these no. two scenes, yeah, it's like man, there's there's such great relationships between all these people. Yeah, beautiful. I mean, friendships. you know, maybe maybe that's what it's about, though. You know, I mean, you know, there's all this land disputes. You know, just everyone hates each other. You know, maybe that's just the moral of the story. Just. That's the moral. There's no story. such thing as relationships or anything. Yeah, no wonder <laughs> everyone kills each other on site. They all just hate each other. Yeah, they just all. Yeah, <laughs> they'll take they any excuse to just. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Yeah. So, uh, they get to talking. Um, they're about to go get a drink with the judge, and the judge lets him know that uh, his fiance Nancy has married Tully Dancer, the son of Eric Dancer, the the Lannister mm-hmm. who wants Whitmore's land. And Evans is like, oh. Okay, that's cool. He gives him the bruh face too. If uh, if deadpan had a bruh face, he would have given him that. I have a headcanon that he reacts to everything that he's hearing, like his town is about to implode on itself, and that his fiance married someone else while he was gone. But he just doesn't really care. He like pauses for a second, and he's like, "Oh, I think I'm gonna go away again." <laughs> so you're like, nice. "Okay." Yeah, and then they go to the bar, and one of the uh, couple of the, the Manson brothers walk in, and they see him there. Mm-hmm. And it, was, it turns out it was one of the guys he kicked in the head and ran over with his horse on his way over here. Oh boy! So here we go, first fight scene, baby. And this oh, is uh, this is one of the two fight scenes in the movie that start out uh, that isn't just like an on-site oh cool uh, okay. massacre, as it's called. So he's like, I'm going to put a bullet in you. And literally the judge is there. And again, this judge is a total pussy. He's like, can't do that. It's like the Donald Trump. He's like, you weren't supposed to do that. (laughs) Like he's ready to just shoot him up in the saloon. Uh, Yeah, the guy judge is like, can't shoot him. He's like, did say nothing about fist fights. And Wes Evans, he jumps on it. He's like, oh, yeah, fuck yeah. We we wrestling. (laughs) And Evans whips this guy's ass so hard. He, like, puts him through tables and the window. Evans doesn't lose a fight the entire movie. <laughs> nice. He's, he's literally like John Wick. Like, he bodies. Great. I think he took, like, one punch to, like, the ribs the entire fight. He didn't even care. Invincible. Yeah. He was, once again, deadpan the entire time. He's a killing <laughs> machine. This man is, like, a wild. Yeah. He's like the Terminator. Yeah. Just really cold, unfeeling, cold, killing machine. Unfeeling. Not, you know. There's there's definitely no vulnerability in character. He is invulnerable. Yeah, I, the only yeah. reason he went to talk to the judge is so he could collect a five thousand dollar bounty on the gang that killed the previous sheriff, and uh, he gets it all to himself because he didn't ride with anyone. <laughs> he went and he killed this entire gang by himself over the course of two years. Wow, impressive. Yeah. So, John Wick, we see through you. You ripped off massacre at the Grand Canyon. Yeah, we see you. <laughs> Yeah, maybe, so he whoops maybe, this guy's ass. Uh, maybe maybe John Wick was the uh, reboot. Who knows? Yeah, that is where the, they <laughs> maybe that is the Grand the, Canyon reboot. Yeah, it's been under our noses this whole time. You know, it's just <laughs> it's, it's John Wick. <laughs> they were talking about his impossible task in John Wick. That was it. Yeah, it was yeah, that's that's the one. Surviving the Grand Canyon massacre. Wow, it and all comes out. together. It all comes all comes full circle. It comes all full circle. Yeah. yeah wow so he kicks this guy's ass and the guy's like next time it'll be a bullet 
And I have, he kicks his ass with what is described as awkward choreography. Uh, <laughs> and I'll tell you why he wins every fight. Because not only is he John Wick and the Terminator, but he can also see into the future. Wow. Mitch, um, okay. <laughs> sleepwalking through this movie, uh, he like, he dodges the punches that he knows are choreographed into the fight, like before the guy throws him. Oh, no. So that like he'll punch the dude and the dude is still like reeling from the punch. You know, it's like a 60s fight. So everything's very dramatic. <laughs> and he'll start ducking before he even like starts to throw like swing. At him. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> so he's like he's like a beat ahead for the for like every fight scene that he's in on the choreography. <laughs> wow. So like, oh, is he like okay. the male equivalent to like Lucy or whatever? Yeah, Scarlett yeah, Johansson. Like Lucy can like see into the future. <laughs> he has like a hundred percent brain capacity. Yeah, he's operating a hundred hundred percent brain function. He's like, uh, did you see uh, that movie Upgrade last year? Oh no, I didn't. It was like, yeah, so he gets like the super chip implanted into his brain. It can just like nice. simulate everything, and he just knows what everyone's gonna do before they even do it. Okay, it's got the it's Matrix like that. download. Whatever. Yeah, that's how he's fighting. He's like, okay. he's Neo. He's the Neo wow. of the Grand Canyon. <laughs> Neo of the Grand Canyon. So he whips this guy's ass. The judge is like, please be sheriff. He's like, no, fuck off. I'm leaving tomorrow. And he goes uh, He goes home, back to his cabin, which hasn't been lived in in like, you know, almost a year now since his fiance fucked off to go marry the dancer guy. There's a cool, there's some cool uh, intro shots. I like what they do with the lighting at night in this scene. Um hmm it's dark it's sort of like lit by moonlight um and then he like slowly lights up the cabin that was cool he's very salty about his ex she actually comes yeah. to see him she gets uh tully dancer's son clay i believe yeah mm -hmm. so tully dancer is he's the bad guy but his uh younger brother clay he's kind of a chill dude he was talking with wes at the bar before the fight um and he brings Nancy, um, Evan's ex-fiance over to come see him before he leaves. And she is simping. Oh, no. She pulls up and she's simping. She's like, you aren't going to come see me? He's like, I got nothing to say to you. And she's like, I don't actually love him. <laughs> I don't actually love Tully Dancer. <laughs> he's like, well, why'd you marry him? <laughs> you like him so much, why don't you marry him? Yeah, I just wrote down that he's very salty about his ex. In parentheses, nah. he doesn't act like it, though. Because again, yeah, deadpan face the entire time. Right, yeah. You can never you never know what he's feeling inside. Uh, and then her husband, Tully, he he comes to their house too. He follows them over there. And so this is where he's introduced to the story. He's played by George Artisan, who literally looks like Rick Toffin from Black Ops Zombies. <laughs> nice. So young Rick Toffin walks in. <laughs> And he's, yeah, as soon as he, like, because he just lets himself in. He, like, opens the door, and he's dressed in all black, and I'm like, oh, I wonder who the villain is. Yeah, as you would as a villain. He's got his black hat, and he just saunters into the room, the hero's girl <laughs> under his arm, since this is the 60s, and it's very 60s feminism. We're going to see a lot of 60s feminism 60s in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yep. very, very progressive Italian very, oh, Western. Oh, definitely. Yeah, so he walks in. Uh I guess he heard her saying that she doesn't actually love him. He's like, yeah, he's this guy has some insane confidence because he walks in and he didn't believe a word of what she said, even though she didn't think he was there to hear it. <laughs> he was like, she says she doesn't love me, but she loves me. <laughs> he's like, come on, babe, let's go. Oh, they exchange some casual death threats. Um, mm -hmm. 
and Wes learns that uh, it's the dancers who hired the, the Mansons. So the dancers have hired the Mansons, and they're going to go just, like, spit-roast Whitmore over on his land, and they're just going to take it, judge's decree or not, because they're the Lannisters, and they can do what they want. Of course. Yeah, so they hired this outlaw gang. Um, and previously, when he was talking to the, the sheriff and the judge and stuff, he, he cued him in. He's like, oh, yeah, by the way, huge gang outside of town. And, uh, yeah, so that's something. I, I, look, I guess Whitmore sort of, like, assumed it was the dancers. Um, Whitmore, Harley Whitmore is played by Vladimir Madar. And he's a pretty good job. He's pretty funny. He has, like, the big, like, like pioneer beard. Oh, yeah. He looks very, yeah, so he looks very gruff totally. Western. Uh, so he's, like, rounding up totally all that. his guys, and they're going to attack the dancers tomorrow. So he's going to launch a preemptive strike against the dancers, and they have to ride through Halo Battle Canyon to do it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, nice. Yeah, so the next morning comes, and Whitmore's riding out to go shit on the dancers. Um, the dancers are waiting on the, the masons to like back them up. Um, and they're going to meet him at the canyon. So there's like a big fight that's going to break out. And if they, uh, if the dancers get the masons to come join them, it would be, uh, what you would describe as a massacre, a uh, massacre at the grand canyon. Hence there, there as is. they say, but Wes there Evans, is. there's the title. He doesn't give a shit. I don't know if he's done like a single good guy thing yet. <laughs> this entire movie. He got some vengeance. He kicked some guy's ass at the bar. He told his fiance to eat shit. Um, and then he's just going to leave. He turned down the sheriff position. So I'm like, okay. So it's kind of uh, it's kind of an anti-hero. Yeah. What's he totally. going to do? Is he? Yeah. But you can tell he kind of still has like some feelings for his girl. Mm-hmm. And a new character is introduced like every scene. I can't keep track of these fucking names. <laughs> yeah. So the next morning he's riding out of town. He meets some random lady named Maud who's uh, just, like, packing hay. And she's she's pissed about it. She's pissed that she has to pack hay. She's like, hey, Wes, get over here. <laughs> you see any men around here? He's like, uh, no. She's like, yeah, no, because they all went off to go fight each other like dipshits, and now I'm packing hay. <laughs> I'm packing hay in this work. dress in this heat. You like that, Wes? And Maud <laughs> absolutely flames Wes to oblivion. She's like, all the men are gone. She, like, she basically calls him a pussy. She's like, you're just going to go let your girl die? In a gunfight like that, Whitmore is not going to care who gets shot. He's just going to shoot up the house, the house your girlfriend lives in. (laughs) And he's like trying not to care, or I don't know if the character is supposed to try not to care, but Mitchum definitely made it look like he didn't care with that, uh, with that deadpan acting. (laughs) He's like, uh huh, uh huh, okay, yeah, girlfriend's gonna die, whole town's gonna die, uh huh, yeah. So just some random lady who we see in this scene and then never again just absolutely flames him she gives him like the third act coming to jesus speech in scene six yeah she like yeah she's like you're a disgrace to your father <laughs> your fiance is <laughs> gonna die and it's because you're a bitch he's like mm-hmm. wow. just deadpan the whole scene <laughs> and then nice. um yeah and then it cuts to uh to battle canyon and so little, uh, the yes. fight I breaks see out this one yeah, so there's like three different shootouts that take place in this canyon, uh, and I can't tell the difference between them. Yeah, <laughs> that's, again, that's what I thought too. 
It's like, it's like, like the Transformer of battles. You just don't really know what's like going on. Yes, you just don't, don't really know what's know going who's on. Who. It's, it's just a bloodbath. It's just yeah. a massacre, as some would say. They definitely earn the massacre title. Do they? Yeah. Like, yeah. The population yeah. of this town is just enormous, apparently, because so many people yeah. die. Yeah. And it's the '60s, so they die in like a the Woody's Roundup kind of way. When they get right. shot, they're like, Ugh. Yeah. I feel like all the so uh, the extras tumble. were like trying to outperform each other for most outlandish um, death. Oh, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but I like yeah. the, I like the, um, I, I don't know, I want to say like the posing or mm-hmm. sort of, uh, kind of like, yeah, how they were set up. I like the Canyon setting. Um, mm-hmm. it definitely fit. Uh, Whitmore, you can tell he's a rancher because he has absolute dog shit military tactics. Like he gets yeah. ambushed at the Grand Canyon <laughs> by dancers guys and they kill like half their horses. And he's like, all right, everyone just get off your horses and start climbing up. Like, this guy just would starts. have made an excellent World War One general because he is willing to let everyone die for, like, six feet of land. It's so true, yeah. Harley oh Whitmore. God, their, their tactic is so bad. Just, like, going through. They're surrounded on all sides, of course. They, it's like, you know, they it's got them in, like, a kill box right now, and they're like, all right, <laughs> they really do. head on up uh, there. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. Uh, so at this point, the um, it's just the dancers men. So it's just Eric Dancer's guys. The Masons haven't showed up yet. Masons, Mansons, yeah. The Masons, the gang, haven't showed up yet to like back the dancers up. So it turns out it's kind of even. Because while Harley Whitmore is an absolute tactical dipshit, he has more guys. <laughs> so he can just throw bodies at them <laughs> until <laughs> they what? fall. Yeah. It's like some Adding Warhammer massacre, I guess. 40k like Imperium of Man shit. Like they just, oh, they sure. just It's like a war of attrition. <laughs> He's, he's like the elite and sending out his grunts. You know, just, just go for Basically, it. yeah, <laughs> is how he does it. So it's just actually a pretty even fight. Yeah, so while the dancers ambushed him and they have like way better positioning, uh, Harley's got more guys and the Whitmore men are like starting to, they're starting to pull up on him. And then out of the blue, Evans rides up as if he's going to change shit. Uh, yeah, so he rides up from the way Whitmore came from, and he he meets up with him, you know, like behind a rock. And he's like, "Let me call a truce and stop this bloodshed." Whitmore's like, "All right, cool." Everyone just goes along with what Wes says. Like, I don't know why they love him so much because his dad was a sheriff, and he's also probably because he could just fucking kill him by looking at him with his dead eyes because he's like the Skynet Terminator of this town. <laughs> so when he's just like, "Stop fighting," Whitmore almost immediately is like, "Okay." And he just orders all his men to cease fire. And then Evans walks out with a, with a white flag and all the dancer guys stop firing. Mm. I don't know why Tully Dancer puts up with so much of this guy's shit. <laughs> yeah. But he does. Because <laughs> Tully, wow. is, yeah, Tully Dancer is at the battle. He, like, organized the whole, the whole uh... ambush. So <laughs> he goes up there and he gets him to call a truce. And he's like, let me talk to your dad. He's like, my dad's sick in bed. You talk to me. And he's like, no, you're a bitch. Let me talk to your dad. <laughs> and he's like, okay. So he takes him back to the to the dancer ranch. He talks to he talks to his dad, and they set up a they set up a truce. They say Evans has his plan. He's like, I'll get the Whitmore guys to back off if you tell the Masons to get out of get out of the state. And Eric Dancer is literally Tywin Lannister. He doesn't. He's like, sure. He spends most of the movie sick in bed. He's 
played by Eduardo Cianelli. Um, and he's like the mastermind behind all like the fuckery that's going on in town. What else do I have written down here? Uh, there was a hilarious kill. And then I put a parentheses S because everyone else started dying hilariously. Nice. Um, and he's, he's like, I would call them the Masons off, but I haven't seen them. They bailed on me to begin with. <laughs> uh, so the, the Masons are nowhere to be seen. We don't know where they are. Mm-hmm. And then in uh, all capital letters, we have jump cuts. <laughs> so once <laughs> jump again, cuts. jump cuts galore. This uh, is in the of course the dancer manner. Uh, for some reason, Wes out of nowhere, after he like negotiates these terms, he's like, I'm going to need a hostage, though. <laughs> And once again, everyone just goes along with what he says. <laughs> so Eric Dancer, the guy in charge, is like, okay, take one of my sons. <laughs> and Tully, like, immediately offers up his younger brother <laughs> as a hostage, Clay. And, uh, tribute. Yeah, and Nancy, Tully's wife and Evan's uh, ex-fiance, is like, no, Clay's just a kid. You should go. <laughs> He's like, fuck you, bitch. Clay's going. <laughs> And Clay uh, is, like, 17 years old, sort of. It's, like, shown, kind of. He's, like, around that age. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So, they go off. They hand Clay over to Whitmore. And he's like, what's up, champ? And they're they're pretty cool. Uh, so, Clay and Whitmore kind of become friends, even though Clay's literally there to die, if any of them botch this. So, it's kind of awkward discussion. <laughs> yeah. So they go off to find. Don't mess up. They go off to find the leader of the Mason gang. His name is Flake. Flake Mason. He's played by Attilo Severini. Severini. I really should have practiced my Italian names before we started this. <laughs> yeah. So they go off to find him, but they can't. He's not in town for some reason. Oh, as an addition to the jump cuts, there's also like the you know like the Looney Tunes, like Tom and Jerry, like the boing, like sound effect. Oh. Yeah, that's oh, just totally. oh really? It's There's just inserted in like random moments throughout the film. Oh what? <laughs> like while they were deciding on a hostage, <laughs> Tully was like, "Clay <laughs> should go," and Nancy was like, "No, you should go." <laughs> and then as the scene cuts, it just shows like Tully looking over at her with the bruh face. <laughs> just a <laughs> boy. <laughs> I'm like, is this nice. a dark historical western or is this like a comedy? It's got like yeah, yeah. Is there yeah? Is it their attempt at dark? comedy i know it's like the kids action movie music and the random like (laughs) yeah what is happening yeah oh man um so anyway tully and eric the the two dancers that are left the bad guys they hatch a secret plot to uh totally back out on this deal and he's like he cuts he cuts tully a, a check for like 50 grand because they get into the lannisters he's like give uh give the masons this to fuck off and then he writes another one for like 25 grand he's like and give him this to come back and kill everyone anyway he's like but but clay will die and his dad's like yeah we all die it happens so you're like dang real bad guy moment thanks like some ear rape flute music plays as a transition because apparently this is like a fun fantasy now just add more add more cartoon sounds can't have enough in this basically So now we're sort of getting in the climax. So Wes finds out that Tully and Eric are going to back out on their deal. They know so that Clay's going to die. The Whitmores are going to get massacred in the Grand Canyon, and who knows what's going to happen to to his gal Nancy. So he's like, so he teams up with the with the sheriff 
and the judge. He talks to the judge. He's like, Judge, we gotta get we gotta get the people together, and we gotta stop the dancers. And the judge is a pussy. He's like, mm, no. But the sheriff is like, I'm with you, buddy. So Wes and Sheriff Burt, they hatch a plot. They're just gonna kidnap all the Masons. They're just gonna arrest them all before uh, Tully could get to them. Because without the Mason brothers, the gang won't do anything. I guess without uh, the main one, Flake Mason, he's like the leader. So if they get him and the other, the other three, they get them all. And and the dancers can't really do shit. Just I mean, it's kind of smart. Yeah, long, long term, term, it's kind of smart. You know, take take out the leaders, you can take their basically. Land. Yeah. So, so what happens next is one of the, a few of the most awkward fight scenes I've ever seen. And again, it cuts around like it's like a kids movie. <laughs> so it's like the sheriff and Wes, like <laughs> just like popping up in random places at night and just like nabbing the dancers. So they fight off. They fight off one of them. They just like mug him out of the bar, and it's like one of the most awkward muggings I've ever seen. It's kind of like a luchador wrestling match on like the porch of this bar, <laughs> as the sheriff and West just kind of like <laughs> toss him back and forth and just punch him around <laughs> and sauce him up a little. <laughs> the sheriff, nice. the sheriff, like throws him into a cart and then swan dives onto the cart. <laughs> I was like, is this WWE? <laughs> <laughs> and then he rolls off and he like kicks him into West who like fucking like suplexes him into the floor and start, just punches him out. Wow. And I was like, okay, that was a cool that was a cool tag team luchador match. And then they go yeah. mug another one at his campsite. Uh and that was what I was talking about before with like the weird lighting. Yeah, oh, they just yeah. mug another one at his campsite. <laughs> and again, more like kids movie shit. They like sneak up onto the campsite <laughs> and it just cuts to the Mason guy. He's just like having a smoke. And one of them <laughs> literally like takes this you see all the just darkness around him like a hand comes in in front of his face and takes the cigarette out of his mouth and he's like what and then he just gets yoinked <laughs> you're like okay classic i'm batman yeah, they're like some this is like some dick grayson shenanigans that they're but like this is, really is. some oh, shit really nightwing is. would do is he just like trolls on all the villains oh yeah what else do i have written yeah. down what i have no music during big moments and too much during scenes of like literal walking like while they're walking around, there's uh, uh just you know the fun fancy music talking about how the whole town's gonna implode, and you can kind of not hear them. And then during like the big shootouts, I guess it was sometimes it works to make it like a little more gritty. But like during moments when like yeah. uh, like Evans is riding up to save the day or something, there's like no swells in the music, and you're just like it just yeah it just kind of like takes the the tension away. That's why I think that's why a lot of people say the movie's bland. Oh uh, yeah, just because they don't really right yeah build uh stakes or anything yeah and, yeah like the plot right. yeah i mean like sometimes like silence can work i guess in some of those situations like even like lord of the rings like the whole minds of moria like there's just this whole section of like with the yeah, cave sometimes sounds like, work and in a lot silence. of westerns i mean sometimes it works yeah, a lot but, of westerns yeah. it's used really well you know when they have like the standoffs but there's no standoffs right. in this movie. oh totally standoffs <laughs> everyone's staring. just on-site oh. killing <laughs> <laughs> yeah just straight <laughs> up straight up no hesitation yeah so they start <laughs> mugging all the Masons. And here's where the 60s feminism come in. So they got two out of the four Masons. Oh, and then Nancy's yeah. like, she's about to go out and look for her husband because Tully hasn't come back because he went off to go secretly meet with Flake Mason. She's like, she's asking around for him at the ranch. Literally random dude. He's one of the Masons, but I don't think she knows that because she doesn't know who he is. He's like, he doesn't even name drop him. He's like, looking for your husband, little lady. She's like, yeah. He's like, I'm, uh, I'm about to go meet with him. You should just, should just come with me. She's like, okay. Like, yeah. So Nancy is like the just the poster girl for poor choices. So she just uh -huh. goes off with the sketch ass dude, all dressed in black, 
you'd think as a pioneer woman, she would know if the dude's wearing black, he's a bad guy. That's yeah. uh yeah. And this dude's sketch as hell. Which is kind of the norm. So what yeah. follows is a very uncomfortable kind of attempted rape scene. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Yeah. And uh but Wes That's that's always uh it's always comforting to yeah, watch. The old sixties. Yeah. yeah. But uh Wes and the sheriff pull yeah, up. Definitely not awkward um, at all. Since they're hunting this guy anyway. Wes surprisingly gives this guy the least amount of sauce. If he like punches him once and he's out, you think with what he walked in on with this guy like yeah, in the most awkward yeah, position on a hay bale. Know, massacre him, just this one person. Yeah, I thought he'd like John Wick the shit out of him. Oh, totally. Heck, even like, you know, like maybe like string him up and maybe do a little torture bit or something. Like, I don't know if it's pretty, that dark. This is a kid's brutal. movie, apparently. Yeah, so, not... yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, apparently. Yeah. Apparently, like, it's not. Him yeah, exactly. the wall and like throws some sand at him and like punches him. And he's like, Yeah, all right, Nancy. She's like, Yeah. You are you all right, Nancy? Yeah. After that traumatizing, yeah, absolutely traumatizing damage. experience. He's like, "What's up, Wes?" Yeah. Like, okay. Good old sixties feminism. Yep. I have written down here. Mitchell doesn't give a fuck about these stakes because, again, he is deadpan the entire time. He just walked in on that scene, and he has the same face he's had the whole movie. He's like, "Huh, looks like I'm kicking his ass." Uh, and then we see Blake Flake Mason for the first time when Tully goes to meet with him. And we find out that he bailed on them at the first the first little shootout in the Grand Canyon because <laughs> he was just like outside of town in some <laughs> hotel for three days with like a hooker <laughs> just vibing. Oh, no. And Flake Mason, played by uh, Tillo Severini, uh, he looks like Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> oh. So I was like, wow, this is a really unintentionally meta movie. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So he's so Flake is still in it, which means the fight's still on. So uh, Sheriff and Wes are uh... taking the other three Masons back to back to jail. And this is where my favorite shootout in the movie comes. Um, the whole Mason gang rides into town at night. And it's just the sheriff, Nancy, and Wes in jail. And they're stuck in there. And in typical Massacre at the Grand Canyon fashion, there's no, like, standoff beforehand. Tully and Flake pull up and they're like, let my brothers out and we won't kill you. <laughs> and Wes just on site starts shooting, him out the, <laughs> shooting at him out the window. <laughs> <laughs> Wes as is not would, yeah. as as you would. Yeah. No build up, just go right. Yeah, to Wes it. It's just the theme that's the theme. Just just get the theme to is the point. is massacre, I believe. It's <laughs> just the massacre. Italian directors like Googled massacre in English. They're like, uh Okay, that's that's a theme. Okay. Spaghetti yeah, spaghetti. A, that's meatball a, meatball. Yep. <laughs> You know. Yeah, so they have some awkward dialogue and then another two straight minutes of shooting. But I like this one because it wasn't evenly matched and there was stakes. And the cinematographer got to have a little bit of fun with this one because uh, the standoff nice. happened sort of halfway through the shootout. So Tully and Flake, they take most of the gang and they go fuck off back to the canyon to go flank Whitmore, who's just been vibing there for like a day straight out in the field, just waiting to see if this truce works out or not and if he's going to like <laughs> just execute the 17-year-old. Has just been chilling with him. <laughs> so they go, yeah. So wow. Whitmore's about to get spit roasted in the canyon, and Wes and the sheriff are going to get killed in this shootout. So the stakes are pretty high, and this is, I kind of like this part of the movie. There's like kind yeah. of a standoff where the uh, the Mason gang thought that they got him, and it's all quiet. There's like kind of a cool pan shot of like Wes on the inside. It was kind of like the, kind of like the one from Bad Boys. <laughs> Reminded me of that. Oh, yeah. Where it's like panning around. Yeah. Uh, and then you get to Mitchum's just deadpan oh, right. face, and you're like, oh, yeah, nothing matters. <laughs> Right. <laughs> We've got to think of some clever way Just to get out of it. And they all work together. Nancy punches out a window and gets oh, their yes. attention on the second floor. 
And when they all look up, uh, they're like okay. in the middle of the street. The sheriff and Wes, they all jump out and they kill them all. But the sheriff gets killed in the process. So mm-hmm. Sheriff Burt's dead. And that, this is probably my favorite shot in the movie is like a nice little long take of uh, the sun rising on Wes overlooking his dead friend as he sort of like uh, accepts the, the role of sheriff. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Yes. So final battle. We got Black Ops Rick Toffin and Quentin Tarantino are on their way <laughs> to the canyon with their gang to go mug Whitmore. So they go. Uh, once again, wow. some more on-site fighting. <laughs> The scene literally starts jump cut <laughs> to uh, to Whitmore just vibing out in the field. I'm just so numb to this. You, at you this get point. numb like, to I just like I'm I'm expecting this. I'm I'm, just the, I'm expecting this every time. I'm the violence saying. and the awkward cuts. It's it's all it's all it's all that's yeah. left. <laughs> Whitmore yep, stands up. He's like, "Oh hey, it. look, it's your brother." And then just shooting starts, and it's like a minute to two minutes of just more mindless violence. It looks almost exactly the same as the first shootout in the canyon. Because you just don't really know what's going on. There's just violence everywhere. But then Evans pulls up and on site just ices Flake Mason. I don't think PETA would have had a good time with this movie. Because all of the horses are real. And I don't know if they like train him to do it or what. But the horses definitely like kick up and like flip over and spin around. And there's like gunshots going off like just right next to their heads. Like obviously it's all fake. Just a bunch of like loud noises right next to them. And it's pretty funny. I don't know if this is actually how gunfights on horses look. I assume probably yes. But every time one of them would shoot the gun, the horse would just start just spin around like three times. And it's kind of awkward to <laughs> yeah. see the camera on them. Yeah. Another thing that kind of takes you out of it is whenever they have close-ups of them riding on the horses. You know, back in the day, it's not like, I don't think there was a way they really could have done it very well. <laughs> but you could tell that one's not really real. Because <laughs> whenever they do a close-up of them on the horses, they don't bounce <laughs> at all. Like you just, you could tell Ooh. they're just like bobbing their shoulders. <laughs> and, oh yeah. yeah, I don't know. I just love like the '60s VFX. Oh yeah, it's just them that's, like bobbing their shoulders great. with the yeah. background, and then it cuts yeah. to them actually riding the horse, and they're getting just shook around like mad. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a it's a good good era. Good era. Yeah, but uh, Wes he <laughs> calls the judge a pussy, and he rallies the town himself to go and and save the day. So they come in and they take out the whole Mason gang. Tully runs off and Wes chases him and yeah. So you could tell like the Whitmores kinda won the fight back there, but they don't focus on that. It's Wes versus uh Wes versus Rick Toffin now. Terminator Terminator V Rick Toffin. <laughs> fight of the century. Yeah. Amazing. So he runs off yeah. and he runs back to sort of he runs back to Redgrass Field, the land that they're fighting over to begin with, where uh his friend Fred was. I don't know how Tully got so far ahead of him, but he had time to like run over to a bale of hay, strap it to his horse, and light it on fire, <laughs> and start running again. Oh, and man. like, a, if I can't have it, no one can maneuver. Oh, totally. So he's yeah, and so he's just running around the field with a flaming bale of hay, like ready to light the whole thing on fire. Like he's ready to have a 2020 gender reveal party, just to stop them from winning. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Amazing. And surprisingly enough, uh, I kind of like this this little twist. Wes isn't the one that kills him. It is uh, it is Fred, the guy from the beginning, who lost his leg. And once again, God forbid there's a fucking standoff in this movie. <laughs> yeah. oh, right, right. Dancer, like, shoots Evans off his horse. He, like, shoots his horse and it falls. And Evans is on the floor. And we've seen Evans be quick to the draw the entire movie, Wes. He did it, yeah, when he first mugged people and all the time. So you could tell they're kind of evenly matched. Cause, and you're like, oh, shit, who's going to fire first? And all of a sudden, his chest just, like, gets a little hole in it. <laughs> and... This is where we start to see the amazing one-liners of Wes Evans. But yeah, the dialogue. After he dies, the only thing 
Wes says is, thanks, Fred. And Fred just, like, waves at him and goes back inside. Thanks, Fred. Thanks, Fred. Yeah, that's just their whole relationship this whole time. It's like, oh, yeah, Fred, yeah, you, you were in war, haven't seen each other, but, you know. And then, yeah, thanks, just Fred. thanks, Fred. Thanks for saving that's, my yeah, life. That's you know? it. That's all he says. <laughs> and he has an even better one-liner, his get-the-girl one-liner at the end of the <laughs> yeah. movie. So the last wow. scene is Whitmore is now, he's on Dancer's doorstep. He fought his way up to him. And he has his son, Clay, still. And uh, there's a pretty cool shot of Clay walking towards, like, kind of the gallows because they said he would be hung if Dancer's backed out on it. And he did. So they made Eric Dancer's old ass walk outside and watch his son be hanged on, like, his porch. So that was kind of a cool shot. <laughs> and then Wes rides back with uh, with Tully's corpse. Interesting. And I don't know why I just assumed if you, like, wow. got, you know, a carcass on your horse you would put it behind you kind of i did maybe it's just from like playing red dead or something i assume they'd do that but he had it on his lap <laughs> yeah he, he had the dead body just like laying on his oh, lap no. and he's like riding in he's like what's up guys uh... <laughs> fucking dancer's wife is just right there looking at him yeah because oh, whitmore and clay <laughs> kind of be yeah is i don't that know is that sanitary is that plague yeah. friendly kind of became friends he lets it's clay live friend. And Clay, I don't know why Clay does this, because he knew his father backed out on this deal, and that's why he was literally about to be hung. He walks up to his dad, and he's like, let's go in shy. I was like, okay, I'd be playing punch out. I'd be suplexing this old wow. man if he if he was just cool with letting me get hung so he could get a <laughs> land called Redgrass. But yeah. no, he hugs him. He's like, let's go inside. Exactly. And Whitmore's like, thanks, buddy. Everyone's like, good job, new sheriff. I said it was a good pan followed by a shitty cut. Wow. Classic massacre at the Grand Canyon. And then at the end, Wes gets the girl. You want to know? You want to know how he says it? Oh yeah, the old one-liners. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm probably not gonna be surprised. I'm probably not gonna be He's surprised. like, well, just, just, just with this whole. <laughs> He's like, well, Nancy, I got some rebuilding to do at my house before it's livable again. <laughs> I don't know why this line was so funny. He's like, I got to get back to the sheriff's office. There's a lot to do now. Like he's just, he's like, there's gonna be a lot of paperwork for this one. <laughs> there's gonna be a lot of paperwork. Yeah, oh, and he's God. uh, he's like, and it'd really help if you were there. Wow. And this is this is his get the girl, and he goes, think you can handle it? <laughs> and for some reason, she's just like that was her goal the whole time too. I like think she, this was she, the that, best case scenario for her. <laughs> that West decides. To yeah, say, <laughs> Ellie. Rick Toppin just gets killed. He was like, I didn't kill him. Do you believe me? She's yeah. like, yeah, sure. Whatever. She doesn't care. He's dead. Because he definitely ran off alone with him and then just came back with his corpse. And he's like, that wasn't me. I didn't kill him. Like, Wes Evans would not fly as a cop today. He just on sides either beats the shit out of or shoots everyone. Definitely. And he just That's comes so back. True. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Wes is not a good person. No. I'm actually looking up his picture right now. Man, he... Yeah, just total, total dead in the eyes. <laughs> That's the, like that face doesn't doll. change the entire movie. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't. Yeah, amazing. Wow. Uh, and the, but but then he doesn't take her with him. They don't it's ride pathetic. off into the sunset together. He's literally like, all right, I gotta do, I gotta go do some paperwork at the sheriff's office. And then he leaves her at the dancer's house, <laughs> and he just rides off alone. Wow. So she's just there at like her dead husband's house, and then the movie ends. <laughs> And then that fun, that fun Grand Canyon Massacre riff wow. starts playing. The little the fucking like Wonder Woman, like as he rides off into the sunset. <laughs> wow! Did did you feel empowered 
in that moment? Um, Did you feel that uplift? I don't even know what I felt. That this movie gave you? <laughs> I felt what I expected to feel with a 5 wow. out of 10 IMDb. It was, it was better than I thought it would be. Like, it wasn't, like, meme bad. There were some meme moments, but it was mostly just, like, awkward editing, um, very 50-50 mm-hmm. performances. Like, Artisan did a good job yeah. as Tully Dancer. Rick Toffin was good. Burt Nelson was in this movie. He was Clay. I liked the dancer dad. I liked oh, the Whitmore okay. guy. And I liked the sheriff. Nancy was pretty good. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, Wes. Yeah. Just nothing going on there. And he was on screen for most of the time. And he's supposed to be the most likable <laughs> character. That's unfortunate. So, yeah, that's the... It's really unfortunate. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, you know, it's it's actually not a bad, like, I thought plot, the plot was cool. For sure. Like, there's there's definitely things to... Yeah, it's, it's, it's not bad. Like, you know, if you really fine-tune it and... I don't know. Good it, it, yeah, it, the it sequel to it, uh, John Wick, that was a really good movie. As yeah, well no, as Terminator was, and The Matrix. Those were yeah, those were good. <laughs> I like those ones better. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah, so that's the that's the bad for this week. What do you think? Wow. That's uh yeah, you know yeah it's bad. It's it's bad. <laughs> but there's some good elements I guess, good, yeah. underneath good plot. His stale performance. There's there's some type of human in that, those those dead eyes. You know, the there's, Terminator there's something in this. Can learn to love. <laughs> if it can learn to love yeah like dark fate you know then anything is possible yeah but overall i like the synopsis i like the cinematography Uh, wow didn't like the editing didn't like mitchum's acting those were like the standout bads yeah you know i kind of want like a compilation of all the fight scenes just (laughs) stuck together to see how chaotic it is just how how we could do a challenge we could just like mix those like decide is it grand canyon massacre or is it transformers 4 What's happening? You Doesn't matter because we don't know. <laughs> exactly. Oh man, yeah. Wow. There's the bad. Right. Well, there's your bad, folks. If you're if you're looking for a good bad western movie, yeah. it's not a so bad. It's good. It's a kind of bad. It's almost good, but there's some very memey moments within it. Some big memes. Yeah. I especially like Maud's roast. It happened in scene five, but it was kind of supposed to be like the the third act come to Jesus speech. Yeah, totally. All right, that's that for this week. <laughs> All right, well, there there you go. So what did you watch? Well, I guess we should uh, transition. Yeah, we can transition. Pretty good segue into this, actually, because this, you're, you know, the, the Massacre of the Grand Canyon and The Good, the Bad, the Ugly, it's kind of this um, interesting transition of how Westerns are, like, portrayed and how they're, uh, you know, just kind of, like, breaking the stereotypes of these Westerns. So this... This kind of takes like the massacre of the Grand Canyon type of scenarios, but it it translates it into more of a human way, which is definitely non-existent in massacre. You know, you actually have like actual down to earth characters in this this movie and and such. But uh, what is this movie about? Um, I mean, it's just like a bunch of dumbasses messing around <laughs> in the desert. I mean, what what can I say it's about so this movie? It's, it's so good. It's so great. It's so great. Uh it really is. It's it's probably probably one of the best westerns ever. You know, and and uh you know, this this film was created by, you know, definitely an artistic Italian uh Sergio Leone. This is a different Sergio from Massacre. But he he definitely um he's he's kind of one of those where he's definitely done his research. He's definitely He's read so much about the American culture and whatnot, um, a lot of its history, and and uh, he he's even like uh, researched a lot of like kind of the mafia okay. stuff of like the early 1900s and stuff. Um, and uh, he he actually was offered 
um, to do the Godfather trilogy, but he actually declined because he was focusing on another movie about that. I, th- I think so, like about the Jewish Italian mobster aspect and uh, of the time. And it's like uh, I-, I think it's called Once Upon a Time in America with uh, Robert De Niro, which I would, I would like to see, like how how uh, uh, yeah, I'd like to see his like film style and see like what his take on that is. So that'd be more like a noir mob movie. Um, and and yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's it's pretty much. I think it's kind of like those, uh, kind of like seventies, okay, uh, mobster movies for sure. Just kind of it. It, it kind of follows like The Godfather. I I still need to watch it. Yeah, with his like style, with that kind of movie, I could see. I'd like to see that. Yeah, it it could be interesting, and I, and I'd wonder too, like if some of this stylization that we see in like The Good, Bad, The Ugly, I wonder if he actually did accept The Godfather directorial role like how that would play out like it'd probably be an entirely different movie probably equally as good i'm sure it'd probably be a, a classic but uh it's, it's it's kind of interesting that he even got robert de niro to do his film too kind of interesting yeah it's kind of like a little small world <laughs> robert de niro just always does mafia roles for some reason it's great he's good at it he's in that new one i just sent you where he's uh like the producer but like weird oh right he's in mobster producers oh he totally is yeah yeah oh, what, what, what's it called I'll look it up. So, because, you know, in in all these westerns leading up into this Fistful of Dollars trilogy, it's kind of like this whole stereotype of there's the hero, you know, gets the damsel, it's totally, totally that type of stereotype. But, but him, he just wants to portray, like, the actual selfish reality of the Old West, which, I mean, this this movie, like, totally, Nailed it. totally touches upon. I mean, these kids, it's just a bunch of selfish people, you know. Doing their own thing and and doing whatever means necessary to get it. I mean, it's a total like human nature behavior, like human nature at its worst, pretty much. Because I mean, the old west was it, it was it was pretty bad. Pretty it wasn't place. really a good time for people. <laughs> yeah, it looks like he kind of based his movie too on uh, Yo Jimbo, which uh, was uh, one of those Kurosawa films, which I still need to see as well. Which was like a big inspiration with like Star Wars and stuff. So you can kind of see like the trickle down effect of like the Kurosawa films. This these like new resurgence of like western films of this era and then george lucas kind of taking those ideas and running with it I have to I have to bring it back everything to star wars. everything comes back to huge, star wars huge fan the death of cinema <laughs> yeah the death of cinema <laughs> pretty much but yeah um and and even i think too like i think lucasfilm definitely like got some good the badly ugly references to put into indiana jones cuz he totally looks like the man with no name he's got that style you know and then course the red dead series like this whole time i'm just thinking about like red dead more so the first video game kind of is like okay i guess it's sort of like the the lone gunslinger i would say yeah it it really is yeah and it's got like all the tropes in there even even the music i mean it's like pretty much the exact same with uh uh, morricone's score and then and then the second one kind of even dives into this type of breaking stereotypes even more and going into more of like the in-depth character with like Arthur Morgan and stuff. But yeah, this was uh this was uh I think Clint Eastwood's this trilogy, uh not not this um not this particular film, but this trilogy is kind of his startup. Um how he kind of his kind of resurgence into Hollywood. And <laughs> this was kind of uh kind of John Wayne's departure. It's kind of interesting. He's kind of a little bitter towards Clint Eastwood's style. Taking the mantle yeah, taking the mantle and and just the kind of dehumanizing these Western heroes. I think one of his quotes, too, with his director on, I think it's called The Shootist or something. The director kind of went more of the 
Fistful of Dollars trilogy route. And he's like, yeah, just be more like Clint Eastwood. And John Wayne's like, I, I'm not going to shoot a man in the back. You know, he's like, I'm, yeah. I'm this honorable dude. <laughs> you know, he's like, and he's like, I don't care what this kid does. So that was kind of his departure. So John, yeah, John Wayne was more like the uh, the white hat sheriff objective good. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, he, he was definitely the, uh, the whatever the... the the old wet, the old West Terminator, as they're called. Yeah, he's pretty. He's, you know, he's kind of like he has that whole stereotype, that whole a uh, stereotype basically you know, came from just him, kind of a yeah. one-dimensional hero character. <laughs> yeah, it really did. Yeah, so, but yeah, um, I guess yeah, I guess we can dive into this movie here. Um, man, it's so good. This one's pretty long, isn't it? Right, it's like almost four hours. Yeah, it's it's pretty long, but um, I don't know the pacing for me. It goes pretty quick. I don't know, just just because of all the. <laughs> circumstance and the happenings going around it goes pretty quick like i i kind of was like right at the ending i'm like oh wow i guess like we're that's a good sign it, it's just kind of fun and engaging yeah for sure way better pace than i'm sure than the massacre at the grand canyon yeah there's no abrupt fighting <laughs> yeah there's uh there's definitely long drawn out you know stances i mean gosh the whole ending is just one long staring contest man just just like the opening to the opening credits like you just you can just tell this is like a stylistic artistic director like this this guy knows what he's doing um and it's just engaging it's kind of like this nice anticipation feeling with the opening kind of establishes the setting you have like the cannon fire from the civil war it's kind of like sets the era that we're in and uh yeah i man just the soundtrack this entire this entire movie like it just it with with uh, just how it's shot and just with the soundtrack, it's just like it's it's this total like ambience like that it sets like this vast no man's land. It's totally brutal, unforgiving. You know, you have like all these like little single chimes and like strums, and and like those like native calls to that. Like <laughs> that was my best attempt at it. Shit, you should have been there. That was it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna start charging. <laughs> people money for that one but uh just like those chimes and those calls you know it's like this echoing feeling of like just this vastness this empty space desolate world you know it's just it's like oh man it's like yeah this is it's a pretty brutal um environment that we're dealing with so uh yeah man that uh that like musical director man like i think his name Ennio morricone that sounds pretty sounds italian to me it it sounds sounds italian you know (laughs) Yeah, and it's just, you know, there's total, this music total is characterized by, you know, the, the bad and the ugly. And, and and the opening shot, too, it's kind of like this desolate town, kind of been abandoned for a while. And, uh, you know, there's these figures that walk up, and it's like your typical mm. Western draw kind of thing. Um, and, and, you know, it totally sets the, the mood, sets the, sets the pace. And then, and then you see them, you know, inching up, they're doing, you know, they have the whole, like, close-ups of their faces. That's a Western, yeah. That's a western, yeah. That's that's uh, you know, that's that's you know, follow the whole massacre that thing. That takes you back but, into sort of what genre they're in. Exactly. Yeah. So so then they start going into the building, you know, going after this 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 other person, which which at the beginning you think they're going to do a standoff, but they're actually just surrounding the building. So they're like going into the building, and uh, out out jumps out the window, <laughs> and, and, it, and it, you know, it's like, oh, oh, shoot, okay, this isn't your typical Western, here we go, this is, this is like, you know, chaos has ensued, so it's, it's like way more artistic, you know, and, and, it, and it totally, like, stops on the ugly character. Um, so they do uh, that Tuco. a lot, establish a trope, and then 
just like go a totally different direction with it yeah yeah it's 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 really nice that way yeah and it just it just makes it more realistic too it's like these are the characters you deal with in the old west <laughs> there's there's really no other characters um but it's like yeah totally there's totally that artistic like stop motion like it stops on the face and then it, you know has the writing like this is the ugly this is the good the bad you know it goes throughout there so th- there's like just this total artistic style that you're you're just kind of anticipating this whole time. Is there the whip sound effect? Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. Old whip, whip thing. Good old, good old uh, Western trope. Beautiful. It's awesome. But yeah, I guess we'll go into the characters. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll try not to like totally spoil too much for people because this movie is so so good that you just have to this experience is one worth it seeing. yourself. Yeah. Oh, definitely. This is this is definitely one worth your time. I suppose I should put a spoiler warning in. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. Massacre. Spoiler warnings. Spoiler warnings from from now on. Uh, about now we're in. <laughs> spoiler warnings <laughs> all right so you know the character the good the man with no name which he's he's shown in two other movies before this portrayed by the handsome chiseled mr clint eastwood himself which i think he's canceled now but it's whatever <laughs> being a <laughs> i mean well i, I, mean, I, I mean you know he's showed up at the republican national convention like a few years earlier like with the obama thing so i, I, I think that. he's like you know kind of uh associated with with that so he I, I guess he's technically canceled but it's whatever but i mean he's still doing hollywood movies so i mean i guess he's not entirely canceled but you know he did that like richard jewell movie the fifteen seventeen to paris or whatever which are pretty recent i think those are like 2018 2019 so, like, so he's still still in there okay he's still still doing his thing but it is it's it's funny too um the budget for this film too was kind of squeezed to death by uh, his demands for the for his salary too. I mean, it's the third installment for the film, so he oh. kind of asked a lot to return. <laughs> Which I'm glad he did, but okay. And is this film is this one that you need to see the other two to watch? Well, or? luckily, the thing about this film is it's a prequel to the other ones, so you can definitely see this without seeing the other two. In okay. fact, it's probably best to start with this one and then go into the other two if you want to see it story wise. But yeah, it's uh, and that's that's the thing about the other two is that they follow more of the stereotypical Western tropes of it. It's a little more humanized. Like you can tell the art, uh, the the director, because he directed all of three films. Like he tried to be a little bit more of like breaking those stereotypes with the other ones, but there's still kind of that stoic, heroic type tropes that you see with the man with no name. And then it's just this movie that just totally kind of twists that idea, blows him out of the water. Yeah, pretty much. Which I mean, I I guess it's a you know, and it totally follows his overarching like redemption, I guess, because he's kind of like the Han Solo, Arthur Morgan type. So, all right. So yeah, so he kind of starts out, you know, as the rough, gruff outlaw type of thing in this movie. I mean, he's a little bit more of a guardian angel, but you know, but it, but it kind of sets him up to be to to kind of go up that path to good. Yeah, even though there is a dark side to him, he kind of like does the right thing. Always, um, and he, you know, he also has like the sobriety side to him too. He always like denies booze and like other things. He's not a a man of many vices. Yeah, exactly. He's, I mean, he does have a cigar, but it's you know, but but he he usually stays away from more toxic things, I guess. So because because his whole thing is like it it, it interferes with the shooting. <laughs> I guess oh, okay. he's aiming, so he's like kind of keeping it. He he has a sense of purity for sure. I, I can definitely tell, like, Arthur Morgan in Red Dead 2 is more of this character, I would say. More so than John Marston. Um, I think that's... And, and I think, too, in Red Dead, you can actually, like, get his outfit, which is pretty cool. Get the uh, man with no name outfit. The old poncho? Yeah, old poncho. Old uh, fistful of dollars. 
poncho. It's pretty cool. I want to get the Massacre at the Grand Canyon deadpan you face get... skin. <laughs> yeah, release release the deadpan face, Rockstar. We want DLC. We want Massacre DLC. <laughs> release the Snyder Cut of Massacre. Release the Snyder Cut. Exactly. But uh, yeah, there's this whole like guardian angel trope to him when he's like, uh, you know, with, with the ugly with Tuco, he's totally like trying to con all the time. And he's totally Tuco's guardian angel, like shooting him off the noose, and driving off with her money, pretty much turning him in for money and then <laughs> shooting him off the hangman's noose. So, yeah, there's this, this guardian angel type to him that's pretty interesting. And that's really shown too. like later on. Um, they're kind of going through this like Civil War battlefield and they see like this, uh, this, this, this poor Confederate, like young sh- soldier doesn't know what he's fighting for. He's just like experiencing the horrors of war. And he's like, oh, my God, this is not what... <laughs> This is not what they promised. This is not like the simulations. Um, Yeah, he's totally, yeah, he's totally dying. And uh, you know, Blondie's just super compassionate with this guy. He's just kind of approaches them, and it's the soldiers like last dying moments. And Blondie just gives him a nice little cigar, little like little comforting swig of the cigar. And uh, you know, kind of, and and it's a great shot too. It's like when he inhales the smoke, you know, you see this comfort just going through the soldier, and then and then you just see the exhalation of his last dying breath with the smoke. It's just Quite a, quite a beautiful, beautiful little cinematography. Like you, you, you know, this movie's in good hands. You can see why they use uh, Eastwood as like the spirit of the West in Rango. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. Yeah, because he's yeah, he's he's pretty much that. He's kind of the the angel of the old West kind of thing. Um, and and it kind of goes with like this director too. Like he, with war, he you know he kind of sees the error in both sides too. So it's kind of like more of his like absurdity of war and how how much it affects people. I mean, this is like okay. just 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 kid, just like man, he's totally devastated by war. So he's the director's trying to get a little stance, and you kind of see that later too with with them being captured by the the Yankees. Is uh was this guy like famously anti-war as well? Like I see why I George so, Lucas yeah. liked him. George Lucas was like notoriously anti-war. He made those shitty prequels just to talk yeah, about that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's long drawn out politics just to just to let us know how bad war is no it's it's totally yeah he's totally anti-war he just he thinks he thinks there's kind of evil on both sides kind of thing he just had a bit more uh creative way of displaying it than like <laughs> yeah yeah definitely definitely did yeah this this guy uh actually knows how to do films uh so uh you know anyway <laughs> and and i love too just how badass uh blondie is because he like um there, there's this whole uh sequence where he actually teams up with the bad and uh he's kind of after tuco tuco's kind of like lurking around this like abandoned town it's like pretty pretty devastated by war and uh blondie blondie hears a gunshot from from tuco he's like how do you know it's tuco how do you know it's that guy and he's like every gun makes its own tune Mm. so he kind of knows his guns which probably explains why he shoots so well and he man he shoots so many hats off in this movie (laughs) he shoots there's so many um, I I wanted to count them, but I forgot to. So, if you guys are listening to this, uh, leave a comment. Let me know how many hats have been shot off in this movie. His hat count. The, the typical. Yeah, his hat, hat count. Hat Give count. us a hat count. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's kind of fun. And uh, there's there's this whole thing too at the at the end because I mean I, you know sure he's a good guy but maybe at heart he still still has some of that dark side to him and uh okay he's, he's still like an outlaw yeah yeah he's still he's still not he's still conning people he's still stealing money he's still you know he's he's after that gold too bill carson's gold that that, that whole 
thing and 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 even at the end you know it's his character is totally questioned by tuko at the end when he gets shot off the noose and it's like tuko just protests at him he's like you know what you are you dirty son of a bitch you know it's like <laughs> yeah it's like yeah it's like well, technically true you know it's like you know he true. he acts like he's a good guy but in reality is he I don't know. Yeah, it's a little more like flawed heroes as opposed to yeah, the John Wayne ones. Oh, for sure. Yeah, there's yeah, there's there's definitely more of a humanizing flaw. Like every human has their flaws, and and that's totally what this. Yeah, I, uh, that's for sure what this movie is all trying to trying to portray. definitely breaks the stereotype that was in a uh, massacre. That <laughs> yeah, <since>, uh, Evans <laughs> oh, is just sure. a flawless killing machine. Whoever oh, flawless. Loves. Yeah, no no vulnerability. He's completely invulnerable. You know. <laughs> kind of wonder too like they did so much conning um the good and the ugly um that I, I just wonder why like the good always like is never like i don't know hunted down like he never has a bounty on his head no one really knows him or sees it coming or sees the same stunt even though they do it in like every town it's like okay <laughs> it's like you should have like five stars by now but it's whatever <laughs> five stars red dead five stars yeah red dead five stars they shot you shot but, all their hats off like what can they, they do did. Yeah, you know, but yeah, great character, great performance by Clint Eastwood. He's he's a star. He's a stud. He's he's definitely what kind of defines the westerns at the time into a, like a new era, a new resurgence, which John Wayne nice. hated. <laughs> so you know. John Wayne, yeah, I, that was definitely the start of like the modern westerns that kind of like the Coen Brothers sort of yeah employ oh, now, totally. like the flawed characters. Yeah, it's it's dark. It's it's gritty. It's uh, yeah. There's there's flawed characters. Sometimes they're good, sometimes they're bad. Anti-hero type usually thing. A, usually a heart of gold, though, still. Yeah, yeah. There's there's this underlying, they know what's good. They they, they have that moral, like, obligation um, at the end. But, yeah. But, <laughs> you know, still a little bit of that dark side. Nice. And and then we go to the bad, now that we're talking about a little, little bit of flaws and evil and stuff. Angel evil. eyes is what they called called throughout the movie just, i'm looking which, him up right now he's a, he's a spooky looking dude he's got he a black is. hat so we know yeah he's he's, oh yeah he's all in black so they, they keep that trope <laughs> keep that trope uh, yeah and it, well it's it's funny too that that his name is angel eyes and i'll get into that a little bit more but uh but this is played by such a stud actor he's probably the best actor in the film because he's just so like centered and focused and it's i, I think his name's lee van cleef it's kind of a weird name, but yeah, um, he he actually appeared in the movie previous to the Good, the Bad, the Ugly uh, for a few dollars more. Um, and I guess he did a great job that they just wanted him back or something. But yeah, he makes an appearance in this. The same he's character? A, he's a, no, he's a completely different character. <laughs> so so uh-huh. it, it might be a little confusing to audiences back in the day, like seeing the other two and then seeing this film. They're like, wait, is that the same dude? Uh, I don't know. Mm. Um, okay. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he's a, he's an awesome actor. So it's like it's. It's it's cool that they brought him back and but uh but yeah like he's he's just a total schemer total like he's just absolutely deceiving he's just a, he's a, he's a, he's the devil <laughs> really is he's, the he's devil. got he's got like these like manipulation tactics that are like total like double agent style like like in the first scene like he he goes after this guy to get to get this name and the guy is like okay I'll pay you double what what they're offering to you know like just leave me alone and and to and to kill the person who's who hired you to kill me he's like okay but he like kills the guy and then he goes back gets you know get, gives the guy his his client the name and then he's like you know i always see a thing through that this other guy paid me to kill you so i'm gonna kill you too so he's like 
He's totally like just double agent scamming everyone in his own way. And it's like, oh, damn, <laughs> like this guy means business. So it's like, oh, damn. Yeah, he'll like if you pay him enough, he'll he'll do it. And no, no matter what the cost is. So reminds me of me in college. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah, that's uh, desperate times, man. Desperate times. <laughs> but yeah, so, you know, that, that that just goes into like the total brutal, unforgiving nature of the Old West and everyone's out for themselves kind of thing totally plays onto that it's time he's he's kind of like the extreme version of that mentality um, okay so he's like the stereotype bad oh, yeah. guy he, he really guy is wearing. he he is yeah he's the devil it's it's a stereotype for sure and what about uh tuco the ugly is tuco he, uh... yeah um he's an interesting character he's <laughs> he's very much kind of evil but he's kind of a conflicted hero actually and i'll i'll get more into that after the bad but yeah, it's interesting. But yeah, what I noticed with the bad, too, is that he's very deceptive in that his methods of killing, it's always in like a humane setting. Like he always kills someone either at a dinner table or a bedroom or something. Like it's like this comforting setting, which is like kind of pretty unsettling. He just uh, he, he actually interrogates Tuco onto a onto a, a table pretty much. And he has this whole like he, he, he allows his victims to eat. He allows the victims to feel this comforting sense. And then he just totally just unleashes hell on them. So it's very unsettling. Kind of adds his backstabbing nature, most like yeah, it really even does. The bad guys in old west, like you know, oh, movies, yeah. it'll usually be a shootout, right? Exactly. And like the tropes in massacre, like when they called for a truce, even the bad guy dancer, he was like, okay, yeah, yeah, exactly. It sounds like Angel uh, has to be like, okay, and then shoot him as he's walking up with a white flag or something. Exactly. Yeah, this is the guy that will definitely shoot you in the back. Like this is not a, yeah, exactly. He he doesn't play by the rules. He he doesn't he doesn't fit those yeah typical bad guy tropes that we've seen mm. so yeah really cool character and uh yeah to- totally ironic in a way um some of those deaths but yeah um and it, yeah it's totally kind of a take on like the primal nature like striving for being well fed and living in comfort with whatever means necessary you know it's kind of like I'll, I'll i'll get what i can just to be well fed at the end of the day to be in some type of comfort and and later on too they they do get captured by uh the yankees um because they uh tuco and blondie dress up as confederate soldiers just to like get get through the territory they of course get get uh, arrested by the yankees and they're taken to this uh kind of yankee prison camp and lo and behold the bad is there as a officer <laughs> Um, which is very, very ironic that he's kind of in the good side of the war and he's, yeah, that he's... one of the generals, which kind of plays onto the director's absurdity of war kind of thing. It's like there's bad mm. and everything. Very ar- ironic. But yeah, I, I kind of want to see because it doesn't see how he got to his rank. And I kind of want to see like the behind the scenes of like how he got to his rank. Like if he killed to get to that status and he's posing as someone in the, in the union or if he's it like. It adds to his mystery. Like yeah. is he really that rank or is he yeah yeah oh exactly yeah it's kind of it's kind of cool um and and it's like he uses or or does he is he that rank has he been that rank this whole time and he's using his power that he has to exact his methods you know it's like it's kind of it's kind of interesting it's like yeah who who is this guy is he a soldier scary yeah he's scary (laughs) really is he's a he's a he's a scary hitman um but uh but yeah there's this there's this whole sickening like interrogation scene just going back to his ironic like humane killing like uh things of like his commander is like you need to treat these prisoners better like we're we are not that we don't brutally you know torture you know we don't maim our prisoners and stuff and he's like okay that's fine um 
I'll have them. And, and so later on, he's like, okay, I'll ha- I, I, I need to get information out of Tuco. So I'm going to just set up these um, Confederate soldiers to just play some nice music while and so it will drown out what i'm doing in in my quarters to and he's like interrogating <laughs> Tuco and stuff and it's like it's just it's such irony you know it's like oh man it's like he's he's totally doing these humane unsettling ways and it's like oh man and just beneath the surface it's like oh shit he's <laughs> doing all these like brutal interrogations and stuff yeah let's just say uh Tuco gets uglier <laughs> during that um, gets uglier. Oof, yeah so he's he's a very interesting villain really good really well done by mr van cleef he's he's a, he's a very interesting actor really good stuff uh more about tuco um <clears throat> here uh, i think he's played by eli wallish and he was actually very very good too he's probably one of my favorite characters because he's actually he's actually kind of the mo- most human out of both of them he's kind of like unlike the, sort of any like others the the lens of the audience yeah, to see through yeah from what it sounds yeah, like like totally. the good and the bad are just like forces of nature yeah exactly they, they they totally are it's it's that total like moral there there are two morals and that's that's what i think is what this movie is it's it's tuco is is an average human and he is he's fighting with a devil and an angel on his shoulder shoulder kind of thing going going through that ty- type of like moral conflicts and stuff yeah it, it, it it's kind of funny too like at the beginning it's like sure he's i think he thinks he's bad but he's actually just kind of a joke <laughs> kind of in a way i mean I, I mean later on we do hear his like criminal record which is like pretty messed up like he's 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 raped he's maimed he's he's burned things down and stuff which uh, i mean yeah but like just just the way he acts throughout the movie i can't really see that he's done that before like it just he's so kind of it, a bumbling just, like, idiot read off his criminal history so is it like yeah implied that he doesn't do those things like they're part of his scams with yeah oh uh, that, that might Blondie. be yeah yeah actually that's a good point maybe it is part of the scamming yeah totally um yeah i i think that might be it where does it show him ever like really capable of like atrocities like that <laughs> no not the movie? really yeah not really because like, even relief. he robs a yeah it's more of comic relief and he he robs a store for a gun but he like he he robs this poor shop owner and and then he like brings out an alcohol bit, goes to drink it, but then he's like, uh, "You should probably have it," because you know. So it's like, um, so he doesn't like kill the owner. He doesn't like sure he like harasses him just a little bit, but like yeah, it's it's just like, has he really done those things? I feel like he's just a bumbling idiot, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> um, it's the Wild West. If you haven't yeah, robbed at least the... one person, you're probably yeah, dead. Exactly. <laughs> just how it'd be but um yeah and and all the time it's just it's funny how he twists things he twists the rules because he always has has this like ironic hail mary every time he kills someone and and stuff and like or like every time he sees a dead body or every time something uh horrible happens and i you know and and it's kind of a callback like he he did have a religious upbringing and stuff so he might he like does this like ironic like hail marys every time something bad happens (laughs) Uh, yeah, every time there's like a death or he sees a dead body he's just like hail mary and stuff so it's kind of like yeah it's 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 interesting it's kind of like this false sense of security from this guy kind of like denial of like what he's done in the past or something <laughs> yeah he's totally twisting the rules and he's totally bending them to his needs and stuff um it could be a callback to to his religious upbringing with uh there's a great scene with him and his brother actually he, he takes blondie back to the this monastery that his brother was a part of. Oh, 
And it's just this great scene of them talking about like just different paths paths they took from their upbringing and kind of talking about like just how they how they're brought up and, and things and um, Tuco went his own way and even Tuco's like I I was I did what I had to do you know it's like I you know I at least I had the courage to do half the things I've done and stuff kind of like taunts his brother a bit there at the end but it's just really nice scene and it just kind of kind of like I don't know humanizes his character because he's like the only one with like a, an actual like background and you see like where he's come from and why he's doing the things he does so it's kind of nice yeah it kind of adds to how he's sort of like the lens oh for for sure yeah exactly since he's the only one with a real history everyone else is the other two are kind of a mystery yeah pretty much yeah it's 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 totally a character that like someone like the audience can definitely relate to that's that's kind of the groundedness of this uh movie i guess yeah pretty pretty good and uh yeah it's just it's it's funny too just like with his twisting of rules i mean like he, he even like gives the good like his blondie nickname um because he like takes blonde, oh. like he there's this whole confrontation in the desert and and the good he got his he got the name of the uh tombstone that they're looking for to get the gold buried in within and he he won't he won't tell the ugly and he actually kind of like almost dies of like exhaustion heat exhaustion and uh oh, so looking for it <laughs> yeah so so the ugly takes him back to the monastery to revive him on, only only because he just wants the name he doesn't want you know he, he could care less about the good <laughs> but uh <laughs> so so he's just like uh and it's just kind of it's a funny scene because they're dressed up as soldiers and they're going through and of course he's dressed up as a soldier because he wants that like priority from the monastery of like hey come oh, come yeah. come you know help us Soldiers yeah, first. soldiers first, you know. And they're looking around. There's all these soldiers around there. Like the church is totally selfless, you know, killing all these oh, people, wow. and he's just like totally taking advantage of it. <laughs> he's just like, oh, this guy, you know, Quite needs the opposite of this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's like, this guy needs it. And then you know, later on, the goods in in bed sick. You know, he's recovering and stuff. And yeah, the ugly is just like calling him like, oh, don't die on me now, Blondie. You know, giving him a nickname, having pity on him just so he can get the name. <laughs> It's just kind of funny. He's just twisting, <laughs> twisting the rules all the time. It's kind of funny. Oh man! But yeah, yeah. The ugly's great. He's such a funny character. Yeah, and it's just it's it's funny because they wherever they go, there's just horrible things happening to them, or like happening around them, surrounding them. They're just they just don't care. They're 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 out to get that gold. There's like a whole scene where they're, they're like captured, taken into the uh, Yankee army, and they're just like, oh, we we want to enlist. And there's just like this harsh you know warfare going on right now. They're you know the, the confederates are kind of creeping in and stuff and they're like oh yeah we're on a list so we can you know secretly get to the other side we don't we don't care about this <laughs> war but um yeah there's there's even like this whole scene with like the drunk captain like talking to them about warfare and he's like you know forgive me for talking loosely of death but it's like these 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 cowboys like he's talking to the wrong crowd <laughs> it's like these guys like face yeah. death like every day and stuff these guys live for it <laughs> yeah Dang. And where does this where does this movie take place? What state? Uh oh, I forget. Um, I don't. I actually, I don't think. Uh, I didn't really pay attention to that, but I, I, I don't think it really takes place in an actual state. I think it's kind of up to interpretation. But I'll, I'll have to look into that because, yeah, I forget if because I know they say certain town names. Um, but those could be also like generic town names too. Um, so yeah, I'm not sure. I, I didn't didn't pay attention to that. But hey, if if you're watching this and you know where it takes place, leave a comment below. 
Let us know. <laughs> <laughs> Let us know. Yeah. So, I'm looking. Uh, I'm trying to look up where it is. It doesn't even say. It just says it was like filmed in Rome and Mexico. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was definitely filmed like in those type of like desert locations. But yeah, yeah. I, I think it's just kind of a generic town. Not not really specific on it. But yeah. And there's there's a really great scene between Ugly and the Good. It's probably one of, one of my favorite scenes, other than the end. Um, I call it the spur scenes, the spurs. Mm. And uh, um, it's it's when uh, the Good is kind of hunkered down in this uh, hotel room. He's just kind of like waiting and anticipating uh, the Ugly to follow his trail and whatnot. And uh, the Ugly sends his sends a bunch of hired men go up and kill him but the the uh, <laughs> the thing is, is like uh their their spurs is what alerts him so he's got like this super good hearing you know this this good he's he's a total total like superhero type he just can do no wrong kind of thing. <laughs> these western main characters are. they really are they can they can they can hear things they can yeah even, even they're animals yeah, and it's funny too because he's like while this is happening there's like in the in the town there's like this whole like um, war ceremony a bunch of people marching in letting off cannons but yet yeah, the good can just tear a bunch of spurs on on their boots Getting you know spurs in the hallway yeah so it's like oh yeah uh, which is kind of badass but but it, it is cool because you know the door opens they go in he you know he does the dead eye shot kills them all in the hallway and stuff they barely open the door he's you know they're already falling on the ground and then and then uh and then he hears like a gun cocking behind him it's like oh the ugly kind of went through the window and he hears his spurs too, a little too late, which is kind of cool. But but the thing is too, he kind of indulges in this moment of trying to get back at the good for um, kind of leaving him out of one of the cons. Oh, and, uh, did he just like leave him for dead? Yeah, he pretty much le- left him for dead. Yeah, he's like, ah, nice. my town's that way. We made enough money. Bye. <laughs> Bye. So, yeah. <laughs> so so the ugly was out for revenge, and he's totally indulging in the moment. He's like, okay, I, I need you to stand up on that stool put this noose around your neck and it's kind of like this he, he falls into this villain trope of like indulging in the kill and, and not just straight up doing the deed uh, because of james bond shit it really is yeah every villain loves to just <laughs> they love to be caught monologuing as the incredibles <laughs> you caught uh, me mon- yeah. you caught me monologue. that's got did uh does angel eyes ever do any of that shit or does he just He's cold. Uh, he's stone cold, right? He's stone cold, and he—I mean—he monologues, but it's—it's it, it's in order to kind of uncover his victims. He's trying to uncover—he—he he does it in a deceptive way, um, where he he's does, trying so to he learn information to from the first. person. Yeah, he kind of—he kind of comes at him first, does a little like dialogue, kind of gets to know his victims, make sure he's getting the right information he needs, and then—and then he does the deed. He's—he. He does it in a better, more calculative way than the ugly does. Ugly's just doing it, just, just, just to, just to harass just to and fool. <laughs> yeah. So he doesn't do like the James Bond "I'm a villain" monologue, as you said. He like makes him comfortable, gets what he wants out of him, and then he doesn't hesitate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So the ugly's yeah. just reveling in the moment. He's he's totally just at this. He's just milking the moment for himself, oh, that's, and it's that's and it goes like, back uh, to haunt him actually because uh, it it actually. He actually learns his lesson later when <laughs> a person comes in tracking down the ugly and and then and then he shoots the guy. The guy goes off of on a monologue too. <laughs> the ugly's like, if you're gonna shoot, just shoot. <laughs> so he's kinda like That's he learns his like... lesson at the end, but yeah. <laughs> uh, I like they did that. I like the dichotomy between the good and the bad, how kinda like the new John Wayne sort of changed what the uh the hero archetype was in Westerns yeah. where it went from 
sort of like lawmen to outlaw so too did uh angel eyes kind of change um yeah. what it meant to be the villain he made him scarier exactly less, uh, exactly comic yeah less how yeah it's, they could be uh, yeah, how dangerous how deceptive they can be how cold-blooded they can really be and i mean they're kind of like psychopaths it's like they're using such interesting methods it's like jeez. <laughs> Nice. That reminds me a lot of like the the villains like the Cohen brothers come up with. Oh yeah, totally. Like some uh No Country for Old Men type. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh man. I think that same kind uh, of concept is explored. Though. Like Tommy Lee Jones's character is talking about like what the old West was like and how Yeah. It was much less nuanced, and then you got uh Anton Chigurh, mm-hmm. the villain. He's he's total psychopath. Oh yeah. And I, I think that's what the Cohen brothers recognize to this day. It probably based, you know, with the kind of like as a, the, a the, dissection uh, of the genre oh definitely of. yeah they, i'm sure they kind of draw off of you know the sergio leon style but yeah for sure so yeah and and actually I, i've noticed too it's kind of a cool little like symbolism but there's um they actually straight up straight up say the the encounter but it's like it's kind of like this judas jesus betrayal relationship that they always have um and, and everyone's almost getting hung every every time and that's kind of like a little <laughs> judas reference and they actually like literally like reference that um and and there's like this cannon fire going on and the ugly's like even judas like called up like when before he hung himself like a storm was called upon and stuff and, he, and the good is like uh that's that's uh cannons that's <laughs> uh, uh, cannons that's uh that's cannons uh or something yeah, that does so kind of like, add to the uh the mysticism yeah honestly, sort of the myth that totally wayne and uh, angel eyes were mm-hmm. representing uh, are they even like real people from what yeah are they even re- like, yeah. it's like some american gods shit like they're just the forces yeah. of the west yeah they really do yeah actually like in a way it kind of is it kind of is that yeah and yeah it, it's really convenient too because like that's that's what saves the good is a cannon blast into the building um, oh really which, which is interesting i think like a whole war breaks out or I, i'm actually not sure why the cannon blast happened in the way that it did it was really convenient timing to get out of his noose, away from the ugly. Um, I, I, I mean, at the start of the scene, um, the way that the ugly knows that he's in that town, that the good is in that town, is that one of the soldiers has his horse. So I wonder if oh. the good kind of set up one of the cannons, like kind of paid off one of the soldiers to be like, "Hey, can you fire into this <laughs> like uh, room or something?" To get me out of the situation or something. That is some I don't know. It's, it really is. is. It, it some, is. Uh, yeah, it's very. Uh, now you see me it's, ass. It really is. It's <laughs> very convenient. Very convenient timing. I was like, uh, how did they know? <laughs> so yeah, that's that's kind of interesting. But yeah, that's that's just throughout the whole thing. It's like that whole Judas Jesus betrayals, and they're just and it totally comes back to haunt them. But yeah, it really is like just a series of things happening to these dudes. These three dudes. Like, they their past choices, their deeds the come back to haunt them, yeah. And, you know, it's just like, huh. it's kind of like they're 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 uh, dealing with the consequences of their sins, uh, sins of the past. It's kind of catching up to them. You know, their fates are totally intertwined. Everything kind of comes full circle. So, it's interesting, yeah. That's interesting, yeah. Most of, the, most of the old westerns, they're not very long. Like, was it Massacre? It was only like an hour and a half. Oh, yeah. An hour, yeah, this, this one was, oh, what was the runtime? Um, I think it was like three and a half, almost like it's almost like four hours long. Almost <laughs> four hours. Movie. Yeah, I guess, I guess I'm probably looking it up. Oh, yeah, it doesn't feel like that long, but it sounds yeah, like a yeah, lot it's of shit three. Happens. Oh yeah, it's four hours long. Holy cow! <laughs> it it doesn't feel like four hours actually. It's it's so 
That's so weird. Yeah, it really doesn't though. It things go by so fast. Like man, I thought it was like maybe an hour and a half, two hours, but yeah, it's almost four hours. Jeez. Is there like the uh, the stereotype bad guy kicks the cat moment like kicks right the at the cat. beginning, where like the first thing the bad guy does is just something shitty. That you uh, know I they mean, are. to technically like, it was the yeah. first thing Angel Eyes did. Yeah, it was, it was actually the first. Someone. Well, yeah, it took him a while to get to that moment, but yeah, he he kind of approaches this nice little family homestead. Yeah, yeah, he's you know typical bad bad guy like shot of him like looking out under his like you know black hat brim you know wide brim Ooh. hat and stuff okay. and he and he approaches you know you see him slowly walk into their homestead this guy's like you know cooking he's ready for like a little meal with his family tells his kids to and, and his wife to, to basically leave leave the room um and and there's this this whole just kind of like stare off between them at this dinner table i mean the bad just goes sits down to eat you know Totally nice, comforting setting. Very unsettling. That sounds and like some inglorious bastards. <laughs> it really is. Yeah, yeah. And they, you know, he's the victim is pouring him a bowl of soup, and they're just eating, and, and they're talking about this name that he needs, and getting to know his family. And, you know, he, the the bad's just like angel eyes, just like, yeah, is that your family? He like glances over at a portrait. It's like, is that your family? <laughs> you know, it's like, ooh, you know, it's just like he's just he's just analyzing this guy. He's getting all the information he needs out of this guy. He's, he's trying to find ways of you know uh, incentivizing this guy to do what he what he wants him to do. So it's like, ooh, you know, it's very cold calculating. And then uh, you know, then he gets the bribe. He's like, here, uh, I'll tell you the name, but here, go go kill the person. Like, I'll I'll pay you more for that. He's like, cool, yeah, I'll do that. And then it is kind of like a little Greedo Han Solo shootout where like Angel Eyes is like, cool, but you know what? I always, uh, whenever I'm paid, I always see the job through. So it's like, and so the guy reaches for his gun and then, you know, gets, gets shot. And then, you know, his family is trying to like defend him and stuff. It's like, oh man, they, they all get shot and stuff. And it's like, oh, oh man, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty, he's pretty brutal. He's, it's definitely, it kind of does call back to some of those stereotypical, like, bad guy things, but it's in a little that bit more like calm. Much, yeah, it sounds collected. like a much scarier one. There's more of a yeah. build-up. Yeah, there's more of a build-up. Yeah, which, I mean, that's the entire movie. Yeah, it's like an <laughs> anticipation build. <laughs> nice. So, which, which actually brings us to the end. This is, like, the biggest anticipation scene. Um, uh, yeah, uh, just like the whole ecstasy of gold portion is just so brilliantly done it's it's so it's so great he's just running through this like like massive circular graveyard and 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 the way it's shot too it's like it's almost vertigo inducing like it's just it shows his desperation Uh, it adds to that dizzying effect of exhaustion i have seen that Um, scene yeah where he's yeah he's just he's just running around he's aimlessly trying to find this name of like the thousands <laughs> of tombstones there, um, which which actually another callback to Star Wars with Empire Strikes Back. I have to bring it back to Star Wars. Um, it kind of reminds me the uh, the uh, the whole Empire Strikes Back father reveal of like just that Bespin, um, just that that Bespin structure that they're surrounded by. It's so vertigo inducing. Like it's just it looks oh, like yeah. a swirling vortex, and it's kind of like this this kind of like kind of like the what, culmination what, yeah culmination of, of like this revelation this mass revelation and it's so vertigo inducing so dizzying of mm. like what's happening so it's kind of it, it kind of that's what it kind of reminded me of and then and then the camera stops suddenly at, at this tombstone abruptly like 
Like, there's this, like, clarity boost of adrenaline. Like, you know, nothing else matters. Not even, like, his exhaustion and health <laughs> this whole time. It's just, like, he's finally found it. It's, like, this runner's second win. He's, like, great. There it is. I don't care about anything else. I don't care that I wandered aimlessly through this graveyard. Probably super thirsty. Totally exhausted. You know? It's just, like, bam. There it is. So it was really cool camera work. It was, like, you know, oh, my God. It's this desperation. Desperation. Exhaustion. Where is this? Oh my god, you know, it's it's so confusing, and then bam, there it is. Nothing else matters. So it's like, it's very, very well done. I, I really like, like that uh, whole sequence. Sounds like it's much more artistic with the camera. They were maybe yeah. like, yeah, again, like Grand Canyon, and then like a few yeah. nice establishing shots, and oh yeah, one pretty good one, um, a, a few good ones in like that uh, jailhouse shootout. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, there wasn't... Like the final fights and stuff and all that it was just like yeah, it's just like steady cam. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty. Yeah, it's steady cam. It's like one, like just horizontally, just one. <laughs> yeah, just like little little frame, little, little box, like just yeah. Um, but yeah, and then and you know, it finally find, finds the tombstone. It's like there, there it is, and uh, you know, he starts digging and defying this, you know, defiling this grave and stuff. It's kind of <laughs> like. So he just just doesn't care, you know. The gold's underneath, and it's kind of like kind of a callback to like how close like each of these characters live each day to dying, like to death, to like dying. they're <laughs> like they're just they're they aren't afraid to walk that tightrope close to death in order lives. to get their reach their goal. You know, it's like even defiling a grave. I mean, like death is staring them in the face when he's like digging up the grave, and it's like yeah, it's like that's. It's kind of kind of what they're you know what these people are about. They don't they don't care. They they'll get what they need. So they don't they don't really fear death as much. They kind of stare it down in the face every day. Mm. Um. But yeah. Um. And then and then that that just brings us to the trio. Um, oh, the big the, shootout the standoff. Yeah, the big, which wow. is probably the best anticipation in cinema. Love it when. It's, Wouldn't a it standoff takes forever. be cool? <laughs> yeah, isn't that just yeah. like two minutes of them it's staring? It's two full minutes just of just staring, and, and it's glorious. I love it. And it's, it's so glorious. good. It's so the good. Music swelling. Yeah. yeah, I man, every time that scene, I'm I'm just glued to the screen. I'm like, oh my god, I can't. Yeah, it's so good. Um, yeah, it's probably the best scene and best score too. Um, other than next to see gold, of course, but. But it's just great. I mean, the graves are surrounding them on all sides. There's no way out. You know, death has finally caught up to them. Like, someone yeah, is they're... going to die today. <laughs> you know, it's like, this is it. This is the best anticipation build. This is where this all leads up down to this moment, this defining moment. So it's so cool. And and it goes on forever, too. I mean, it's like it's total stopping of time. You know, it feels infinite. It's like it's it's the, the moment before death. It's like you know your life kind of goes by in that one instant you know um and and yeah these just are, the music during it so good <laughs> yeah these are the fastest hands in the west yeah and and you know the the end ugly as well <laughs> right the, the ugliest hands <laughs> exactly but yeah i i noticed too there's like little clicks in the music too it's kind of like that suspenseful draw to something it's like you know like calling like calling them to do something you know it's like calling a pet or something it's like go go do something you know go do um, something. yeah 
it's like a little little like war drum beat too you know and then sometimes then right in the middle of it there's this complete silence so it's like you know there's this this huge anticipation rambling piano the whole time it kind of like kind of like rambles up into like this false lead up it's like oh is is something gonna happen is something gonna happen nope is something gonna happen you know it's like it kind of goes back and forth with that it's kind of it's just great music man (laughs) great music i love it um but yeah and and i i love the expressions on each face you can tell like you can see their character motivations in each face like ugly has like this desperation and kind of like this uncertainty with both men because he's had bad experiences with both of them uh, you know, it's like, like I, I don't know who to trust right now. I don't know what Blondie's going to do. I certainly don't know what this bad's going to do. He interrogated me before, you know, they're, they're like, I, I don't know who to shoot. You know, it's like, I don't, I don't know if Blondie's going to shoot me or him. You know, it's like, who knows? So there's this huge desperation in this, like, I don't, I don't even know what's going to happen with the ugly. Um, and then the bad is just cold and calculating. He's, he's just staring at both men trying trying his best to run as many probabilities in his head as he can you know he's he's that <laughs> you know he's he's that cold calculating character like he's just he's really trying to to get out of the situation and 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 then you see Clint Eastwood you know he's just got this like nice display of confidence and nonchalant you know he's the he's he's almost as if he like you know accepts death like he's like you know my my life has been okay and if i die today it's going to be okay so it's like, yeah, it's it's interesting. Yeah, so he's totally confident. He's definitely the best sharpshooter in the West. So he's just like, all right, whatever, <laughs> whatever happens, it is what it is. Um, kind of, kind of like a little display of like the Jedi mentality. It's like, you know what, Force is with me. It's just, I, it is what it is. You know, I'm sure um, that's what he had but, in mind. Uh, but yeah, and then and then they finally it's draw the weapons force. and they both fire at the bad, which is interesting because you know, like in. It kind of makes sense because, like, the bad worked worked alone this whole whole time, um, yeah. And now he dies alone, so it's like you know, it's like Got him. it's kind of kind of like uh, yeah. If you don't have allies, you don't like you're just gonna die alone, and that's kind of what happened to the bad. He was just he was his own agent. You know, he didn't work for anyone. He kind of only worked for himself, and he died by himself. <laughs> so. Yeah, so that's that's that, and and I guess too, if if you look at the scene, I, I'll have to look back at it, but like he is standing next to an empty grave, so you probably could see that it was foreshadowed a bit, a little like foreshadowed that, that he's the. Uh, that's for um, him. That he that he would have died in that moment. Doesn't he get like shot into it? Oh, sorry, Jared. My headphones are being weird. Nice. Doesn't oh, he? Okay. Uh... Yeah. Sorry. Doesn't he get like shot into it? Yeah, he got. Yeah, he gets. He literally gets shot right into it. Yeah. So I'm like, I, I wonder if I, I'd look back on that scene and if you if you see the open grave standing right between, like right behind him, it's like, oh well, he's gonna die. You know, because <laughs> that could have been like a good guess, <laughs> I guess. But uh, but yeah, um, but yeah, that's the good the ugly. Bag of the ugly. Yeah, great ending too. Um, yeah, that's that's that movie, and I yeah, I, I think it's amazing movie. I, I never it never gets old. <laughs> Anything I mean, you dislike about it? Uh, dislike? Well, uh, I mean, uh, yeah, it's it's. Uh, I mean, as in, 
any movie during that time there's bound to be like not not the great greatest like edits or timing or pacing um so people might be turned off by that um it is an older movie i mean um and th- and there are some things that probably wouldn't pass today like a, a woman gets uh, backhanded and slapped around by the bad uh which would be uh canceled today <laughs> would not fly today as angel you do. eyes is cancelled. Yeah, angel eyes is cancelled. Hashtag angel eyes is cancelled. No. <laughs> um so yeah, there's definitely things that probably wouldn't fly today. Um I'm trying to think what else. Um oh oh really really bad ADR, I would say. Um they they go back to uh record, re record their lines and it's just clear that it's <laughs> that's not what they're saying in that scene. So it's it's kind of funny. Um it's like they're they're totally off in their Oh, in their the, dialogue the sometimes yeah the, the good the bad the ugly remastered yeah remastered edition reloaded they, they, they yeah um for next and, and i i mean with yeah exactly and i mean with 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 the equipment they had to use back in the day like you, you kind of had to go back and re-record things and stuff so i understand but at the same time it's like yeah their their lips aren't saying what they're saying <laughs> so it's just like what? So, so people might be turned off by that too so there's just some technical issues of the time and uh, some pacing. Yeah. Well, not pacing, but just like the length of the film. The yeah, length of the film. Yeah, you'd have to commit to this film, I guess. But really, like, I, I just feel like if you were to watch it, it really goes by really fast. At least for me. Um, may not for some people. But it's pretty fast paced. Just like the, the story and their motivations and what they're trying to do. It's really fast paced, really engaging. It's just a really good story. It's like these people are just trying to get this gold. These these three dudes, um, and it's just great the tactics they use, and it's just engaging <laughs> to where it, it makes it fly by really. So, nice. Right, so just so like fun, clever antics. It, yeah, it really is. Yeah, it's great. And there's there's a lot right. of funny humor too, especially from Tuco. Like he's he's the funniest character. He's the more like gritty down the down to earth, and a lot of people will probably relate to him more than the others. So. Well, the others just sound like mythic figures. So yeah, they do, that. which I think that might be the point. It's uh, Tuco's <laughs> uh, battle with good and evil, I think. It's his yeah. devil and angel on his shoulders that he's just battling with morals. It, it might be. Maybe that's the... They know. both kind of sound like assholes, though, so it sucks to be Tuco. <laughs> they, they, they do. They absolutely do. <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah, so they, what would you rate are. this movie out of 10? Rate this movie out of 10, definitely. Um, I, I would say, I mean... With with some of the problems as stated previously, uh, how many Farquaad Isaacs would you rate this movie? I, yeah, I would say I would say it's a good like solid eight point five or nine out of ten. Not, not gonna lie, like, I think this is this is what really broke the stereotypes of westerns. Um, yeah, I definitely would recommend this movie. It's really fun. Right. So yeah, what, uh, what about you? What what would you say is your rating for? Massacre <laughs> for massacre, I'd give it a, I'd give it probably like four to five. Yeah. Farquaad Isaacs. All right, out of ten. Out of ten, Farquaad Isaacs. There you have it, folks. There you have it. Four, All right, four yeah. Five. Well, let me know. Isaacs. Yeah, and if you guys have seen this movie before, comment below. Let's start a discussion. What do you guys think let of us these know movies? How we fucked up our interpretation. Yeah, of let, yeah. Let, let, let us know. <laughs> Let us know some things uh, that that need uh, that need clarification or yeah. you know uh, yeah 
Let us know how the themes were. Is spaghetti western a racist term? <laughs> is it? Is it a canceled know. term nowadays? Yeah, it's spaghetti uh, western let us know. Canceled. Let's yeah, that's that's a very heavy topic. Let's let's throw it in. Throw it into the comments. Let's, let's do it. Get discussion. <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> um, yeah, great. Um, yes, yeah, follow we are... us on Twitter, Instagram. Yeah, Skype, MySpace. Twitch. All that jazz. Yeah. Uh, sometimes we do late night um, Twitch sessions. If you want to tune into that, we'll probably be posting it on YouTube. Or join. Other we'll means. A... Or join us. Yeah. Join us live. Yeah, or join. Um, we'll have a yeah play the game too. with us. You know. <laughs> um, can't be worse we... than us. Yeah. Can't be worse than us. We, we did a Halo playthrough recently. So, a uh, little campaign playthrough. So, uh, yeah. So join us with that. Episode two. What are we doing? Episode two. The moderns. The so modern two, western. Yeah. I think so. Like to go into more of the moderns, uh, yeah, I think that's a, a good route. Go this is not just good, the a... bad, the ugly theme of our <laughs> podcast. Our West. This is not just a Western movie podcast. No, it is not. We'll also, it is not <laughs> for week three. Be doing, be yeah. doing Western video games. Yeah, it, we we will be, but <laughs> but to, yeah, but but keep following us uh, throughout October. We'll we'll be doing um, some scary movies, good and bad. And, uh, yeah, it should, should be spooky. Uh, spooky either way. Really badly spooky and really goodly spooky. So there yeah, go. either scary good or scary, scary, good or that, scary, scary that they got that kind of budget. For yeah. Either way. <laughs> there will exactly. Fear. There yes, will be we'll fear. recommendations on things to review. And yeah, absolutely. October yeah. probably we'll have, like, weekly uploads. Uh, so we'll take recommendations. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Let us, let us know what you want to hear discussed, good and bad. All righty. Sounds good. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in. Uh, See you next time. Kiss, kiss. Kiss, kiss. Howdy, y'all. This is Terran, a.k.a. The Bad. Thank you for tuning in to our new program. As part of our big three-episode launch, the boys wanted to put out some bounties to help build the gang a little. The first 50 lawmen to give us a five-star iTunes Wanted review will be entered to win a gift card for any movie theater streaming service of their choice. Secondly, the first Deadeye to guess how many times Star Wars is referenced in the first three episodes will win a physical copy of any film of their choice with <laughs> special prizes from the boys inside. So be sure to check out our other two launch episodes and stay tuned on social media as we announce the winner. Links in the description. Also, don't forget to like and subscribe so you don't get dysentery. Now, everybody pretend that I rode off into the sunset. Bye now.